what my guests are not hearing right now is the Doctor Who theme playing. Because mm-hmm. I assume, I assume that at the point that I edit this, Which I will be putting the Doctor Who theme in. Is it the extended yeah. version? Uh, I'll probably just put in or a little bit the, of the newer version. The original? No, the newer version. I right. wanted to, I wanted to find the one with the lyrics oh, that sounds yeah. like Vincent Price in the Michael Jackson Thriller song. Mm. Obviously, that came first. Yeah, Doctor so. Who. <laughs> And he, no, well, when he talks like this, and there's lyrics and words in the Doctor Who theme. Mm, you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I think who, I've heard Doctor it before. Who, who, well, I watched um, that thing last night. Yeah, I watched that 45 uh, with all minute the clips, thing too. And yeah. they had one of the. It's a 45 minute thing on Vimeo where it's like just uh, clips of every single episode ever, including mm-hmm. all the specials. It's about 45 minutes long, but they played that one. I couldn't yes, find it. Yes, they did. Yeah. I couldn't find it because I didn't want to spend more than two minutes uh, looking, looking for, for it. it. I <laughs> bet if you'd put a solid three minutes in, you probably, probably could have uncovered have. it. But I'm like, oh, look, the regular Doctor Who theme. I will download that and then possibly play it at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> Who knows if it'll happen because that's in the future. I'm yes. excited to find out if it happens. <laughs> yes. Just like Doctor Who. But Doctor uh, anyway, Who. my guests with me today are Emma Fife. That's me. <laughs> How are you doing, Emma? I'm, in my head, Great. I'm like, alphabetical order. first? <laughs> oh, Fife. me. Yeah, because yeah, it's before if W. we're talking last names, yeah. for sure. That's always how I got picked last for sports. <laughs> Was just because of your last name? Yeah. No, because I'm a white Jewish kid who's not good <laughs> at sports. They just said it was your last name. No, in, uh, in grade school, they always, like, we'd play kickball by last names and the period would always run out before they got to W. Well, you should have been on the Board Games podcast where we talked about how we were made fun of. I wasn't invited. When we were little kids. <laughs> uh, there's only enough room for two egos in here. And that was West So High. both of yours. <laughs> uh, but, but Emma is, uh, uh, works at Universal Studios, which I is do. always nice and fun. It fun. is always nice and fun. Um, whenever you're like, I wonder how I can be uh, one of those people who knows everything about Universal and teach others. Yes. That's what Emma does. That is what I do. Uh, I enrich lives. Yeah. And she, she is also an actress. I am. Uh, speaking of actresses, Daniel Weiss. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Daniel Weiss is here. What were you on? Stanley, The very first podcast. Yeah, I was on the Which Stan is Lee probably podcast. my least favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Well, it's, well we're not, still growing. It and has everything to do with you. Everything does. Yeah, he invited you back just so that this one would also be terrible. I wanted to see if you would grow. If you would grow <laughs> as a man. Let's find out. And as an actor. But uh, uh, Daniel here does a show called Doctor Who Live. That is correct. Which is an improv show. He played yes. the Doctor this past weekend. That's true. I, uh, I adorned my 14-foot scarf, my hat, and my Tom Baker screwdriver. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a great improv show that we do. We improvise an entire episode of Doctor Who that we get the title from the audience. And we do it twice a month at uh, the Improv Olympic in Hollywood. Yay for you and for the 20 people that show up. No, we actually, actually it's kidding. crazy. It's, yeah, kidding. it's actually probably the best attended show I've ever seen at I.O. Yes, it is. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more at the, <laughs> at the end, though, yeah. especially because there's a Doctor Who convention coming up. Yes. Um, speak about speaking that. of which, wow, I guess this is kind of timely because there is a convention coming up. There yeah. is. So I could say I did that on purpose. <laughs> speaking of the Doctor Who theme, I wanted to read this because I'm not sure if it's in the Wikipedia page. 
Um, if you're a new listener, basically, uh, we work off of the Wikipedia page of the subject that we will be discussing. And today it's, I don't know if you've guessed it yet. What is it? What is what it? Is what is it? it? Tell me. I have no idea. It's, it's killing a, me, Larry. It's about the doctor. Oh. oh. Dre? No, not Dr. Dre. Drew? Not Dr. Drew. Kevorkian? Yes. Phil? <laughs> it's about Dr. Jack Kevorkian. <laughs> also known as Doctor the- Who. Mm. Oh. Um, but the Doctor Who theme uh, was composed by Ron Grainer and realized by Delia Derbyshire. I think that's a fake name. Derbyshire? Derbyshire. No, I know. It's very British. At the BBC Radiophonic Workshop, and it was uh, created in 1963 as one of the first electronic music sing- signature tunes for television. And after nearly five decades, remains one of the most easily recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, though obviously they've done several versions of right. it yes it's probably more easily recognized mm-hmm. in england probably yeah it's pretty recognized well, here nowadays yeah but yeah. i still feel like the simpsons theme is probably more more recognized. recognized oh well it's not saying it's the most recognized in the world it's just saying it's right. one of the most easily recognized. yeah it's like on a list with the simpsons the friends well, theme and that's yeah. true you do have full a, house <laughs> You have a theme for 50 years. I guess it catches on. Full House. I can't even remember it, even though it was just on. (laughs) That's what made me think of it. Uh, Silver Spoons. I think that's me, a product of my generation. Silver Spoons and um, Different Strokes are probably the theme songs I remember the most. Do the Silver Spoons Showing my age. The Brady Bunch theme. There we go. Silver Spoons. That's all I actually know. The rest I have in my head. But um, Alfonso Ribeiro is in that. Yep. Anyway, let's start on <laughs> Doctor Who Nudo. and uh, not uh, theme songs. Even though TV show theme songs would actually be pretty. I'll be back for it that. Would be one. pretty good. Pretty fun. All we do is sing. Would be mm-hmm. to sing the. TV I show can theme do songs. that. Doctor Who, guys, is a British science fiction television program. It's spelled program. So that's how I'm going to say it because obviously, as Emma pointed out earlier, this is probably written by someone British. Uh, produced by the BBC, the program depicts the adventures of a Time Lord, a time-traveling humanoid alien known as the Doctor. He explores a universe in his TARDIS, a sentient telepathic time and space travel machine that flies through the time vortex. Its exterior appears as a blue British police box, a common sight in Britain in 1963 when the series first aired. Along with a succession of companions, the Doctor faces a variety of foes while working to save civilizations, help ordinary people, and right wrongs. Oh, so Quantum Leap. He, yeah. he, he puts right what once went wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Quantum Leap <laughs> totally was before It, it Dark was Dark. first. What are you talking about? They filmed on the Universal Backlot. And um, Civilizations. How do we spell Civilizations? Don't we spell it with a we Z? Spell, we spell it with a Z. Yeah, we do. Okay, that's why it looked weird. It's a, Briti- it's a British article. I'm spell it with Someone who's British wrote this. Mm. I think this is going great. <laughs> <laughs> the show has received recognition from critics and the public as one of the finest British television programs, winning the 2006 British Academy Television Award for Best Drama Series and five consecutive awards at the National Television Awards under Russell T. Davies' reign, Davies's reign as a get executive producer. Um, it hasn't been nominated for for Golden Globes or anything. Here. No, it doesn't get any. Sherlock. People's Sherlock. Choice. People's Choice Awards. Yeah. Sherlock was nominated this year. Oh, the actor. For, uh, the actor. Yes. Yeah, but something. Yes. Something. Downton sh- Abbey yeah, was Yeah, I was surprised also. by that. Yeah, but Downton Abbey is a little more obvious choice whereas like sherlock doctor who more of a yeah they fun right shows don't seem to be yeah i mean even though even though i mean you know like the article is saying like i I found just you know actually being in the uk that like 
it's not the same sort of cult status that it is in the United States. Like, I feel like the U.S. is the reason why, like, it has this big cult following and all the merchandise and, like, people in the U.S. are crazy about it. And whereas, like, it's part of mainstream television in the U.K., so. It's 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 the bones, yeah. of the UK. Ex- exactly, exactly. Do you, do you get that reference, Daniel? I do. That's a television mm. program. It's here. the castle of the UK. That's yeah. also a television program <laughs> here in America. It's the elementary. Oh. Of the, oh. I don't think you oh, should oh, used no. to watch. That I haven't show. watched it either. Matt Smith in 2011 became the first doctor to what? Uh, to wear a bow tie because they're no. cool. You know because you read it. I did. <laughs> to be nominated for a BAFTA award for best oh. actor in a leading role. Which is weird because I would have thought <clears throat> David, David Tennant. I thought David Tennant would have been nominated. Here's the thing. Um, we'll get into this a little later, though, because David Tennant is my favorite, as is Daniel's, I think. One of two. One of two. Who's the other one? Baker. Okay, Tom, Tom Baker. Baker. Uh, Emma, who's your favorite? Uh, you know, I, Tom Baker probably is, Tom is Baker. my absolute favorite. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with the older episodes. I mean, I know who the doctors are because I've seen clips and stuff. So I can't say, oh, but Tenet's my favorite from the ones I've actually yes. seen the entire uh, series of. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking just contemporary doctors, um, I'm really torn between David Tennant and Matt Smith, to be completely honest. I know a lot of people disagree with me on the Matt Smith thing. But. Well, when Matt Smith started, because David Tennant was so great and he was, what was it, four seasons? Yes. Yes. Um, and then Matt Smith with his Three weird uh, bean-shaped head. Uh, bean or sausage shaped head um, and pretentious little haircut to <laughs> me I was like oh no who's this guy uh, it's a hipster doctor <laughs> but then as this as the how many seasons has he been on a- uh, he's on fifth, his third so. he's on his th- so yeah he's halfway through his third yeah gotcha so as the episodes or as this season has progressed this last season I've I've liked him more but I think it's because the show has gotten better I yes. feel. Uh, no, I agree. I think that the writing has gotten better. Um, I feel the stories are less cheesy, more interesting and fun. And because Doctor Who has always had some sort of cheese factor to it. Yes. That's just a sci oh. It's a sci fi. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the. Dramedy show. It's going to have cheese to it. it. I mean, when. And I'm sure we'll read about it later as well but it's like when they first started it that was one of the things like it was praised for its inventive low budget productions you know this was this was not like state-of-the-art filmmaking by any means but the good thing is as now the the budget's obviously getting bigger yes and the special effects are better um the stories have gotten better yes which is which is great yeah but i like that they're still using costumes and makeup they're blending oh, no. it with the cgi there's still that che- yeah there's still yeah cheesiness that's what i love it, about but it's it. more it's for me it's because before i'd watch some episodes i'm like oh my god it's so cheesy let's let's call it campy yeah instead. okay fine that campy. that in that to me camp suggests um intentional here's the thing here's the thing campy yes but before it was campy and cheesy at certain points. Right. Okay. Now it's more just campy. All right. And yes. less cheesy, which is great, which is great. Uh, but the program is listed in the Guinness World Records as the longing runnest. You want to try that again? <laughs> you try that again, Alan? Alan, what, maybe you need to drink more water. Is there something wrong with longing <laughs> runnest? The longest running science fiction television show in the world and as the most successful science fiction series of all time based on its overall broadcast ratings, DVD and book sales, iTunes traffic. 
During its original run, it was recognized for its imaginative stories, creative low-budget special effects, and pioneering use of electronic music, um, originally produced by the BBC Radiophonic Workshop. Sounds like you uh, uh, took that straight from here. I did. (laughs) You remembered it. I I did want to point out, though, going back a little bit, you were saying that Matt Smith uh, was the only one to be nominated for a BAFTA, and I forget, is BAFTA in America or is that in England? England. British. Okay. It's the British Academy Awards. Okay, yeah. 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 Then never mind. The show has influenced generations of British television professionals, many of whom grew up watching the series. Uh, And the program originally ran from 1963 to 1989. Oh, my goodness gracious. The clips I saw from the 80s. They're amazing. They're like... Amazing. Well, we use amazing in different ways, maybe. (laughs) I don't know if you're using amazing in the ironic way I would use it. Um, I'm not sure. I think there's there's a level of irony there, but there's also a level of sincerity. Gotcha. But if I actually watched the full series Mm -hmm. from the 80s, maybe I would... Be like, oh shit! That's I sort mean, of bad. I don't know. I mean, there's a reason it ended in the eighties. So, Ace in her freaking jacket that has her name on it. <laughs> uh, I don't know which one that she's is. one of the eighties companions. Was it so, like a black leather jacket? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, she's like a yeah, black yeah. studded leather jacket, and it well, says the, Ace in like colorful letters on the back. That's an eighties thing. Yep. <laughs> the thing I felt about the eighties in general with movies and TV, and they definitely did it in the eighties Doctor Who, was they had this. It wasn't like the 80s. It was what they think the future is going to be like in the 80s. Kind of like Tomorrowland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, you know, back to the wait, future. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean the future is going to be like in the 80s? It took place in, in the 80s. Yeah. It's was very specific what they thought the future was going to be. Oh, what you're saying when yeah. they went to the future. Yeah, because, yeah. because rarely they, in gotcha, a Doctor gotcha, Who gotcha. episode yeah. is it like... This takes place in here and now, particularly yeah. in the old serials. They rarely took place yeah. in the here and now. Mm. Um, like if you look at that in Back to the Future, yeah. a lot of 80s movies, it's like, oh, the future, it's all like fluorescent <laughs> lights and bright colors. Flying cars. Yeah. Though, though, Hoverboards. Though to today's standards from what Back to the Future thought about the 80s, they were actually generous. Obviously, yes. or, or what they thought about 2015, right. I think is where they went. Yes, 2015. Uh, it's so funny because not to get not to get off track too much because we talked about Back to the Future a lot in um, in time travel podcast. But one thing I didn't mention is on Facebook and Tumblr, they have so many memes of people changing the oh, the, day, the time stats. I know. What and the heck everybody is just up with believes that? it. The thing in the car, the panel yeah. that actually says where you're going yes. and stuff. It has a specific name, and I'm, I'm brain farting. I right know, now. me too. Yeah, but uh, people GPS. Change the, yeah, <laughs> GPS. People change the dates on it and then post it. It's like, oh, today's the date. The Back to the Future said we're in the future. Where I know, and then cars? everybody like freaks out on yeah. Facebook. And, and then those like, guys go back to eating Cheetos in their mom's <laughs> <yeah>. basement <laughs> and. Well, they are the, they're the ones who changed it. They're like, yeah, I got some recognition. <laughs> oh, my God. People thought that this is great. Yeah. I did something with my life. Uh, and, so then, I, and I apologize to anybody who's listening to this in their parents' basement right now. Actually, that is everyone who listens to this show. <laughs> I love you guys. Daniel Weiss is not, not someone to look up to. That was Emma <laughs> Fife who said that. Um, there's nothing wrong with living yeah, in a basement. Yeah, they're really going to believe that. After an unsuccessful attempt to revive regular production in 1996 with a backdoor pilot in the form of a television film, the program was relaunched in 2005 by Russell T. Davies, who was showrunner and head writer for the first five years of its revival, produced in-house by BBC Wales and Cardiff. Series one in the 21st century featuring Christopher Eccleston, 
um, as the, I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah. That's correct, Eccleston. Uh, wow, I pronounced something right. From Hooray! One. As Woo-hoo! the ninth incarnation was produced by the BBC, series two and three had some development money contributed by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, which was credited as a co-producer. Doctor Who also spawned spinoffs and multiple media, including Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures, both created by Russell T. Davies, Canine, uh, which was in 2009, the four-part video series Probe in 94, and a single pilot episode of Canine and Company in 1981. There also have been many spoofs and cultural references of the character in other media. Um, almost done with the summary. Almost done. Almost this done. This is all cool, interesting <laughs> stuff. Like, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. That's why I'm, I'm, I usually skip yeah. around, but this summary is actually pretty informative. It is. Eleven actors have headlined the series as a doctor. The transition from one actor to another is written into the plot of the show as regeneration, a life process of time lords, through which the character of the doctor takes on a new body and to some extent new personality, which occurs when sustaining injury, which would be fatal to most other species. Although each portrayal is different, and on occasions the various incarnations have even met one another, they are all meant to be aspects of the same character. The Doctor is currently portrayed by Matt Smith, who took up the role after David Tennant's final appearance in an episode broadcast on January 1st, 2010. That, that yeah. brought up a couple things. Well, I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys what you think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have asked um, Chris Hardwick, who mm-hmm. I don't know if you don't know, he... Has the Nerdist podcast. If you're listening does, to a podcast, that's true. You, you probably, probably know, probably know who, who Chris Hardwick, Hardwick is. is. So a lot of people, uh, as a lot of people know, he's a huge Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. And people have said to him many times that they think he should be the Doctor. That, uh, mm. And he said specifically that he doesn't think the Doctor should be American. I and agree. he doesn't think like he could pull it off anyway. But do you guys agree with that? I I do. Um, it's I, the doctor is sort of the same way I feel about like James Bond. He's got to be British. Doesn't matter if he's Scottish or English. Yeah. In fact, a bunch of Scotsmen have played. A few Scotsmen right. have played the doctor. Um, David. It's Tennant. a British show. Exactly. Yes. It's exactly. a British show. Yes, it should be British. Yeah. Chris Hardwick. Even if it wasn't British, I don't think he should ever play the Doctor. Not no. because I don't appreciate Chris Hardwick. I do like and Chris he actually Hardwick. would be, uh, he does fit the character, like kind of a goofy yeah. character. But it would be fun if he did like a special yeah, I would American see him fun episode yeah. where it's just all crazy and fun and we get special guests on it. That'd, yeah. be, f- that'd be a good thing. But yeah, I, 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 it sh- he should definitely remain British. Well, what about yeah. this, though? What if it's an American actor that does a British accent? It, shut, Daniel, well shut, up, enough. shut up, Daniel. No. No, I'm being serious. There are tons of British people who play Americans in our exactly. American shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Damian Lewis, who just won the Golden Globe for Homeland. Yeah. Or almost everyone who or plays almost everyone a superhero. Ever. Or almost everyone no. in the cast of Walking Dead. <laughs> True. <laughs> but... It's here's the thing. It's been on since '63 in yeah. some form. I feel like it's, it's it's part of it now. It's a staple of the of, show. Of, but that's and, what I'm saying. So why can't a really talented American actor do and a great of accent? the British tradition? Like it is a staple of British television yeah. that's been around since the '60s. Because it's not the staple that they're British have a British accent. It's a staple that they're British. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been he's had American American quote unquote companions, but they were all played by Brits doing American accents. 
Um, um, and then, yeah, and then Andrew Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. an, he did a horrible, very bad, horrible American Brooklyn accent. accent. Um, which episode was that? He obviously uh, got some dialogue coaching. It was the Daleks in New York. I forget if that was the Daleks take I Manhattan. Think, was I it? think it was maybe the Daleks in Manhattan. Something like that. Something like that. It was a two-parter, so I forget yeah. which. Horrible accent. Yeah. Because that's one thing British people do, um, not all the time, not, the, not great actors, obviously, but is... They always, and even if it's supposed to be for the role, they always have some sort of country accent, like a southernish accent, and it always sounds so fake. Well, the thing is, like, he had a pretty good accent in The Amazing Spider-Man, and in... But but he also probably had practice. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So I'm not saying he's bad at it just in that episode. It was not very good at all. No. Yeah. And then also you kind of had to have, like, more of a New York... um, like an it, accent, it is tough. It's an old, and it was in, uh, in the, the Doctor, Doctor Who. Who it was an old timey British yeah. accent. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, which I should have mentioned at the beginning of the show, but uh, we haven't really uh, gone into it too much, is there will be spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry. There will be spoilers. You can't talk about a series just in any podcast about a movie. About yeah. a theme, a, sh- a themed podcast show, and not have spoilers. That's just ridiculous. So, spoiler even, alert. Because I'm going to spoil alert. something uh, in a little bit of one of my favorite things in Doctor Who is going to be a huge spoiler that happened seasons ago. It was one of, here, here's the thing it's one of those moments where I was like, I was really impressed that, that, it, it it was such a small thing, but it was so huge for me that I was like, I really enjoy this show. Mm-hmm. But what were you going to say, Daniel? Well, I was just going to say, and with that, there are new Doctor Who fans all the time. And I know a lot of people that are getting into it and different times. Like my girlfriend's on the second season now. So with that being said, there are going to be spoilers in this uh, to people that haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, but I feel like I'm surprised your girlfriend likes the show. To be quite honest, she's not a big sci. Well, that's what I think is awesome that's because, about it because she's, she's not, not a big sci-fi, sci-fi fan. fan. That's why. That's why. But she likes the characters. She likes the relationships, yeah. and the storylines are great. And that's what I think. Like, well, or is thing- she just? Or is she just trying to be nice because she wants to enjoy something you like, which no, is very no, nice. No, no, no. I no. think that this all goes back to what I was saying before about the fact that like it has this big cult status in America, but in the UK, it's it, it's just. That's British television. Yeah, everybody yeah. watches Doctor Who. Well, it's Who. the same thing with not to go off, but at all. But like, I know a lot of people that aren't into horror movies, and they're not into zombie stuff, but they love The Walking Dead. Yeah, like well, it's kind of the same thing. Well, it, well, The Walking Dead to me is 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 it's a drama that happens to have zombies in it. Yeah, and this is like you know you can say the same thing about the '60s Batman. Tv show it is Which a fun I campy love. show and you don't have to be a fan be of superheroes you yeah. don't have to be a fan of batman but yeah, you can still enjoy it. exactly yeah. you don't have to like yeah. sci-fi because it's different yes there's a lot of sci-fi but it's not but a sci-fi show ultimately it's about the relationships between the characters and the human condition and it's it's also one of those shows that's just fun, entertaining escapism. Yeah, it's the, you don't have to you think a little bit. That's the cool thing. Is yeah. There's things in there. It's like oh crap because it's anything with time travel. You have to think you a have little, to think but a little. ultimately, yeah. I think it's a very um, emotionally driven show, and it's driven mostly on like human connection and emotion, and and you know, it's not so much about thinking as it is about feeling. 
we've gotten to regeneration a little bit uh, on this summary about how mm-hmm. that that's how they that's their gimmick to change the doctors. Yes. And I was uh, looking up some fun facts for oh. for the episode. And does anybody know how the concept of regeneration came into the Doctor Who universe? Uh, yeah, uh, Sylvester McCoy, right? Was the first one? No. What's his name? Okay. Always Sylvester McCoy was in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, he was the 80s. What was the, I forget his William name. Hartnell. You were telling me a Sylvester William. McCoy story before we started, so that's, that's probably what was in yeah, your William, William, William Hartnell wanted more money, and they said, no, so we're going to get rid of you. I'm making all of this up. You are making <laughs> so this is true. Okay. I, I actually don't know, to be completely uh, honest. Basically, uh, it was only invented because William Hartnell was too old to carry on playing the role. And so he was pretty old when yeah. they cast him. And so uh, he was almost written out a lot earlier, apparently. Mm. And the production team considered replacing him with a younger actor in the story uh, called The Celestial Toymaker, uh, where the villain basically renders the doctor invisible for a little time. Mm. And then the original idea was that the doctor, when the doctor reappeared, he'd have he'd be a new body. Mm, uh, that mm-hmm. was the original intention <laughs> of how they were going to do it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I got the formula wrong. I'm yeah. getting you back. They were really into solving problems in that <laughs> manner. Just to yeah. detour for a second in a yeah. in a Patrick Trotton serial um, called The Mind Robber. So his companions at the time are this sort of annoying girl, Zoe, um, and Jamie, who is like my favorite companion ever now. Um but in it, the actor who was playing Jamie got the measles. Hmm. And uh, so partway through the episode for like, I think, two parts of the like six part serial, he's played by a different actor and they just explain oh, it by he gets turned into a cardboard cutout <laughs> and his face disappears and the doctor reassembles his face incorrectly. <laughs> and then he comes back as another what actor. For, when was this? What year? Um, that was in the sixties, late, late 60s. And I gotta say, for Trotten. the sixties, that's pretty good problem pretty, solving. Pretty good problem solving. Do people still get the measles? Um, in the sixties, I guess they did. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm pretty I mean, sure. It's, it's, I'm pretty oh, sure it's, it's pretty measles. It's pretty much it, taken it out of the. It may have been chicken pox, but I um, think it was the measles. <laughs> so to continue, uh, I guess what happened was Hartnell had a bout of uh, really bad health. He had some illness or whatever old and sick yeah and uh they bbc had to replace him quicker than expected really quickly and Mm. so that's how they just invented the idea of regeneration oh in uh uh, the 10th planet that was his last serial that's where it would have happened yeah but that's you know who's to say when they they got patrick trotten yeah also i'm pretty sure that um uh patrick trotten is the only doctor you don't see regenerate in the same manner of like he gets injured and his skin starts glowing like there's just this sequence where they're like it's time to change well no what's the one (laughs) isn't there a mummy one like he gets like all one of them turns out white yeah it's no it's when when tom baker regenerates into. is that the one where so what's the one where he's laying on the ground and then they obviously just put bright lights on his face yeah so his face started looking like it was white Mm -hmm. and then when it came out, he was someone else. Do well, you, John, you know Pert- that that looks a lot like in the when John Pertwee regenerate. <laughs> I can't speak. John Pertwee regenerates into Tom Baker. It they just do like shine a light on his face, and then bam, he's suddenly like twenty years younger and has crazy curly hair. That's probably the one I'm talking. Um, about. But yeah, when when Tom Baker regenerates into Peter Davison, he like. <laughs> He gets all like white and mummified, and like there's this whole like crazy sequence. So it's, like cocoonish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like cocoons yeah. into and then come, <laughs> emerges as Peter Davidson. And then there's one. It might have been after Peter Davidson, or it might have been before that, where he just walks out wearing a wig of the earlier Doctor. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. And then he just like takes it off. 
Yeah. All right, so let's get into a little bit of this history of the doctor. These podcasts usually last for over an hour. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, Daniel's soon-to-be one-day sister-in-law might give birth. We don't know. We, we don't. And I'll know that that's true. <laughs> one-day soon-to-be sister-in-law might give birth. So he's checking his phone to make sure it's like, uh, I need to go because I need to go catch a baby. Yeah, partway through this, I'll be like, hey, guys. Uh, Placenta. This has and been, then he'll get out. Then this Daniel has been can fun, regenerate as somebody else. Yeah, you, you can get someone else to cut it in. The <laughs> safe word I did is that, placenta. I, I did that at our show. Uh this past week at the Doctor Who live show, I died as the doctor mm-hmm. went backstage and another actor came out wearing my clothes. <laughs> and then took them off because they were weird to him. Yeah. So basically you made a Doctor Who reference at the Doctor Who live show. Yeah, but... Oh, that, good job. Improv. But we did a regeneration, <laughs> which was really cool. No, it's, it's, it's That's funny. what I Because you guys don't do it every, every yeah. show. Yeah, we've only, I think it's happened once and it was like a joke, like they kept regenerating. Doctor Who... First appeared on BBC television on November 23rd, 1963. Oh, five days after my birthday when I wasn't born yet. Mm. Uh, following discussions and plans that had been in progress for a year, the head of drama, Canadian Sidney Newman, was mainly responsible for developing the program, with the first format document for the series being written by Newman, along with the head of the script department, uh, Donald Wilson, and staff writer C.E. Weber. Writer Anthony Coburn, story editor David Whitaker, and initial producer Verity Lambert. All these names sound fake. They all sound fake. Uh, also heavily contributed to the development of the series. The program was originally intended to appeal to a family audience as an educational program using time travel as a means to explore scientific ideas and famous moments in history. So basically it was all going to take place in the past because I think the first companions were a teacher. It was his, his granddaughter, granddaughter Susan yeah. and her teachers Barbara yeah. and Ian. And that was never explained why he has a granddaughter. You know why? You know why she was his granddaughter? Um, because originally in the script she was not his granddaughter. She was just some little <laughs> girl that he was traveling it, and then with. They wrote that he was his granddaughter. And then they right, were like, "Ah, oh, that's creepy to have a little that girl just creepy. traveling Especially through space and time with an old, old man." Yeah. So we're gonna make yeah. her his granddaughter. That makes sense. It's like we. It's the first season. This isn't gonna go very far, yeah. or very long. We don't really need to explain it because it, well, they would have a flashback of like. Excuse me, young girl. Do you like candy? Get in this box with me. <laughs> I have plenty of candy. <laughs> this is my sonic screwdriver. So on uh, July 31st, 1963, Whitaker commissioned Terry Nation to write a story under the title The Mutants. As originally written, the Daleks and Thals were the victims of an alien neutron bomb attack, but Nation later dropped that the aliens and made the Daleks the aggressors. When the script was presented to Newman and Wilson, it was immediately rejected, as the program was not permitted to contain any bug-eyed monsters. The first serial had been completed, and the BBC believed it was crucial that the next one be a success. However, The Mutants was the only script ready to go, so the show had little choice but to use it. According to producer Verity Lambert, we didn't have a lot of choice. We only had the Dalek serial to go. We had a bit of a crisis of confidence because Donald Wilson was so adamant that we shouldn't make it. Had we had anything else ready, we would have made that. But Nation's script became the second Doctor Who serial, the Daleks, a.k.a. the Mutants. Mm -hmm. The serial introduced the eponymous aliens that would become the series' most popular monsters and was responsible for the BBC's first merchandising boom. And then also that was why they're like, Mm -hmm. sci-fi from now on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck well, because I mean, shit. in the in the first episode, in the first serial, they like travel back to like caveman days, 
Um, and then, yeah, I guess after the Daleks, because it was so successful, they were like, yep, okay, this is all about science fiction now. It's, a, it's not a bad idea, especially for that time, to make a show where we travel through time to the history. And oh, it's yeah, a kids absolutely. Show, a family and I, show about history. And so I mean, they still, they still did explore, like, key historical moments. Most importantly, in the Highlanders, they went to the Battle of Culloden, very important Scottish historical event. But yeah, I mean, they did... They did still sort of dabble in history, but definitely yeah. after the Daleks went more for a sci-fi approach. Well, the thing that I do kind of like about it, too, is they do have historical things happen. Like when they met Charles Dickens, they have a lot of history in there. Or William Shakespeare. That guy also. But <laughs> Hitler. There's always aliens having to do with it. Yeah. Which was, I thought, a really cool thing. No matter what, no matter what you think it is, ghosts, werewolves. There's always some sort of alien. Yeah. It can go in space. It can go in present time. It could be in the past. It could be at Mount Vesuvius erupting. But it's some volcanic god from space. Well, and even like the Daleks, I I think that it says something in there about this. We may get to it. But like, or maybe I was reading the article about Daleks that basically like they were supposed to be like an allegory for the Nazis. (laughs) Um, once they sort of converted the Daleks into being the aggressors I for that mutants about, episode. Yeah, I don't know much about that episode, but um, I mean, the Daleks want to basically wipe people out. Yeah, wipe out any, but well, so. the, 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 the like um, prerogative, I guess, um, for the Daleks is to eliminate any species that is inferior to themselves, to exterminate any species that is inferior to themselves hence which which are the jews oh yeah the they humans. in their mind are the aryan race i wonder if to them resistance is futile <laughs> hmm. daniel doesn't watch star trek so yes I, I know what you're talking about <laughs> the borg and yes <laughs> i would say that lots of other sci-fi tv shows and movies have taken from Doctor yeah of Who. course oh definitely. Uh, i mean not they i would have well what? okay i wouldn't say that the longest, like, most successful running sci-fi series of all time. Show. <laughs> the BBC Drama Department Serials Division produced a program for 26 series, broadcast on BBC One. Falling viewing numbers, a decline in the public perception of the show, and a less prominent transmission slot saw production suspended in 1989 by Jonathan Powell, controller of BBC One. Although, as series co-star Sophie Aldred reported in the documentary Doctor Who, More Than 30 Years in the TARDIS, it was effectively, if not formally, canceled with the decision not to commission a planned 27 series of the show for transmission in 1990. The BBC repeatedly affirmed that the series would return. Transmission. Mm. That's what they say, transmission. Transmission, yeah. Transmission. We say broadcast. Yeah, we do. Broadcast. Lift is an elevator. Which is funny Flat. because it is the British Flat. Broadcast Corporation. I know, that's true. (laughs) Um, (laughs) While in-house production had ceased, the BBC hoped to find an independent production company to relaunch the show. Philip Siegel, a British expatriate who worked for Columbia Pictures Television Arm in the United States, had approached the BBC about such a venture as early as July 1989, while the 26th series was still in production. Siegel's negotiations eventually led to a Doctor Who television film broadcast on the Fox network in 1996. Which was so good. As a (laughs) co-production between Fox, Universal Pictures, the BBC, and BBC Worldwide. Although the film was successful in the UK, 9.1 million viewers, it was less so in the United States and did not lead to a series. You were saying that sarcastically. Yeah, it was not very good. (laughs) And it brought in the only thing, I think, that was said to be canon that everybody else 
kind of brushes under the rug, Mm -hmm. which is, it was the only time they ever said the doctor was part human. And I think everybody was like, let's just forget that ever happened. Because nobody cares. No one wants him to be human. No. That's why they have the companions for you to relate to as a human. The doctor has to be a time lord. It's so funny. My dad and I were having a discussion about which doctor we were guessing like the doctors in order from like the oldest actor to have played the doctor to the youngest actor to have played the doctor. And my dad doesn't even like know who the heck that guy is. I, I can't even remember his name who played frickin' the doctor in that movie. Paul McGann. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, yeah. I was like, I was reading the list. I looked it up and my dad's like, who's Paul McGann? I was yeah. like, I don't. Fun I, fact. From that movie. Fun fact. Paul do McGann either never you know, worked again. Do either of you know who was supposed to be? Yes, the and I forget. Um, I don't think it was... Timothy it wasn't, Dalton. <laughs> it wasn't... It wasn't uh, Timothy Dalton. Okay. No, it wasn't Rowan Atkinson. Right? It wasn't Rowan Atkinson. He, he did do Rowan Atkinson a parody. He did, did a, parody a parody for yeah. Comic Relief. That's yes. very funny. Um, for Red Nose Day. Was, was, yeah, it looked pretty funny. Yeah, it does pretty um, funny. But no, not Rowan no, Atkinson. No, I forget, though. I knew... Oh, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Nope. Remington okay, St- Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan, guys, they're James Bond. <laughs> They're they're not they're no. But they could also. Although before you get into that, real quick, uh, the only cool thing about that movie is um, who was the eighth doctor? Sylvester McCoy. Paul McGann. Oh no, sorry, seventh was (laughs) Sylvester Sylvester McCoy. McCoy, Is in the beginning of that he regenerates into Paul McGann, which I thought was pretty cool. That they got him. Oh yeah, Uh, they got him to do that. They actually got him for it. But after that, it sucks. Oh, and it's a terrible one. He's screaming in pain. Well, he oh, regenerates. Yeah. Uh, but so, go ahead. I, who they asked to audition for it and who they wanted to play the Eighth Doctor. I, this is the quote. Harrison that, Ford. No, this is the quote he said. Maybe it'll help you. I was asked to audition for the Doctor Who TV film six years ago. It was a definite no for me as Doctor Who hadn't resonated with me for a long time. Does that help you at all? So it was Sir somebody who was. <laughs> it was somebody doctor. who was the Ninth Doctor. Oh, Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston. Christopher. Wow. That's yeah. so interesting. Uh, yeah, they they had asked him. He had passed. Wow. He said that. and then He ultimately he, made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, the the way they got him is, uh, from what he says, he just wanted to work with uh, Russell T. Davies, mm. who he'd previously worked on the drama The Second Coming with. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's why he wanted it. That's why well, he eventually changed his mind. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, which is actually good for him. Well, good for I don't. It's not good for him because what has he done lately? And he only did one series. He's doing stuff. He's doing stuff, but but it's possible if he did that in '96, yeah, he wouldn't be as well known now. Yes, although he because he's for for cult for cult fans, he's known as Doctor Who. Yeah, yes, the first new one. He was acting before that, and he's he's been an actor. He was a name, but he was a name in England when he did the 2005. He may not be as big a name here. Is, Correct. is what I'm saying. Uh, Correct. Well, although the series wasn't that big here, his first season at that time. Yeah, it's true. And he's mm. he's a ve- he's to me the, probably the most different uh, doctor because it seemed like they were trying to go a, a different way. You know, yes. jet leather jackets. Yeah. And, yeah. Here's, and, here's, here's oh. my feeling about Christopher Eccleston and yeah. why I buy him as the doctor in that series is because that doctor is supposed to have just come out of 
the time war, like you believe that like Christopher Eccleston could be this guy. A little that, more like, gritty. Yeah, yeah, he's a little, a little more gritty. More exactly. He's yeah. seen stuff. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, speaking of <laughs> what's he things. what's he doing lately? He's in Thor two. Oh, okay. Well, that's yes. that's good. As the main villain. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He's he's been villains in movies here. Yeah, he's, he was yeah, uh, he, plays uh, he was a lot Destro of the time. in GI Joe. Wasn't he? Yeah, but uh, I didn't see GI Joe yet. But is his face? Does he wear a mask in that? Is it just silver? Spoiler at the very end. Okay. Uh, oh. He was also the villain, I think, in Gone in sixty seconds or something. The remake. Yeah, he's remember. definitely. He he's might done. Been, I might be thinking. He's of kind of a else, Christopher so. Plummer. You know, he plays a lot of villains, but people know him as the Doctor. Kind of like people know Christopher Plummer I as Captain think Von Trapp. You're going to be the only person ever to make that yeah. comparison. <laughs> I think you're the comparison. only one that knows him as Captain Von Trapp. Uh, no, I would argue no. that a lot of people know Christopher, Christopher Plummer, Plummer as Captain I know Von the Trapp. best as uh, Von Trapp because Raiden? I love the sound of music. Yes, I'm heterosexual, <laughs> but I love the sound of music. And also as the villain in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered yeah. Country. He was the Shakespeare spouting uh, Klingon uh, trying to take revenge who, uh, on uh, Kirk. Anyway, <laughs> where was I? What are you talking about? Okay. Uh, licensed media such as novels and audio plays provide new stories, but as a television program, Doctor Who remained dormant until 2003. In September of that year, BBC Television announced the in-house production of a new series after several years of attempts by BBC Worldwide to find backing for a feature film version. The executive producers of the new incarnation of the series were writer Russell T. Davies and BBC Simru Wales. Simru, I don't know, BBC Simru, I guess that's a, the name of the it's company. An Indian, oh. Yeah, no, and BBC Simru Wales head of drama, Julie Gardner. I guess oh, okay. that's, yeah, I, I just like Simru. I don't even know if it's pronounced. I thought that, that was an Indian person's first name. <laughs> <laughs> it has been sold to many other countries worldwide. Uh, Doctor Who finally returned with the episode Rose on BBC One on March 26, 2005. There have since been six further series and uh, Christmas Day specials every year since 2005. No full series was filmed in 2009 due to actor David Tennant's commitments to Hamlet, although four additional specials starring Tennant were made. In spring 2010, Stephen Moffat replaced Davies as head writer and executive producer. Um, There's a last little bit here, and then we can maybe skip a bunch of this Wikipedia Mm -hmm. stuff. The 2005 version of Doctor Who is a direct continuation of the 6389 series, as in the 1996 telefilm. This differs from other series relaunches that have either been reimaginings or reboots, for example, Battlestar Galactica and Bionic Woman, or series taking place in the same universe as the original, but in a different period and with different characters, for example, the Star Trek series and spinoffs. Yeah. Which or, is kind of, which is or cool. Or in the case of the J.J. Abrams movie, it's also a like reboot, reimagining yeah. sort of situation. I really like that they did not reboot, reimagine Doctor Who and they just continued as they always have being like, well, the Doctor regenerated into another guy and we're going to have more adventures. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's it's also nice because obviously they do still go through a lot of backstory that may or may not have been mentioned in the earlier seasons for people who had never seen the show. Exactly. I think that and and I think that that's one thing that that overall has remained true throughout all of Doctor Who is that it's quite um, episodic. It's not particularly serial. Like you can watch kind of any episode and Mm. and get what's going on, particularly with the old serials. I mean you know, he had so many different companions and it was just so all over the place that it had to be so episodic. And I, I like that even though they switched from doing, you know, serials, because, you know, you did need to watch a whole serial all the way through. If you decided to watch like mm. the fourth part of a serial and you hadn't seen one, two and three, you'd be completely lost. Yeah. But if you started at the beginning of that serial, you'd know what was going on. And they, I feel like they've kept that mostly true throughout the episodes. Like, 
you know, you can watch episode six of Doctor Who reboot series one and you're not completely confused. Gotcha. Do you guys know what happened the day before the very first episode aired? Yes. John F. Kennedy was shot. Is that what you were going to say? Yes. <laughs> uh, but apparently because the first episode was delayed, uh, supposedly 10 minutes, but here it says uh, it was actually only 80 seconds late because they were still doing coverage of the assassination. Yeah. So there's so many Doctor Who shirts and like stuff, you know, on websites you can get. And right. I've always wondered because it's like a good way to do it is to use the police box, you know, because mm-hmm. you would think it can be trademarked. But I'm reading here. The image of the TARDIS has become firmly linked to the show and the public's consciousness. In 96, the BBC applied for a trademark to use the TARDIS's blue police box design and merchandising associated mm-hmm. with Doctor Who. In 1998, the Metropolitan Police Authority filed an objection to the trademark claim. But in 2002, the Patent Office ruled in favor of the BBC. Wow. Hmm, so that's apparently, really interesting. yeah, because well, it's not like Doctor. It's not like you know the writers, creators of Doctor Who invented the blue police box that yeah, existed. So that's <laughs> no, that's strange. So it's like so they have a trademark. Maybe because it's no longer used. Yeah, they don't use them anymore. Uh, that hmm. it doesn't belong to anyone until Doctor Who got the patent. Well, and the fact that well, no, not not the patent, the trademark. Oh, the trademark. But I mean. it's also the fact that if they're not used, and it's now more worldly and widely known as a Doctor Who TARDIS. Then it right, then it sense. is the actual police box. I mean, yes, certainly internationally, I would I would completely agree with that statement. Because there's probably a point in time where wh- whoever created that or the police authority, they probably never trademarked it anyway. Right. Yeah, uh, no, why, why, why would they, they need would? to? Yeah, yeah, why would they need to? I mean, that's not to say that maybe they didn't patent it or something, the, the shape and, and, and size, but who the fuck knows? Anyway... <laughs> So I'm wondering, it's like now, because you see people mm-hmm. making their own Doctor Who shirts with the TARDIS. I always thought, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Apparently, do you guys know? I'm sure you do. I think they explain, they explain it time and time again why it continues to look like a police box. It's because it's stuck. Yeah, the cloaking device got stuck. There was, the uh, I heard that, um, why am I blinking on his name? David okay. Tennant. No. Steve McCoy. Nope. Uh, Is that his name, Steve McCoy? Sylvester. Sylvester Sylvester, McCoy. Sylvester uh, Stallone. um, Why am I blanking? Did you see Sylvester Stallone making fun of Arnold Schwarzenegger that on was Golden Glove last night? And then Arnold Schwarzenegger looked like he was pissed. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't know he's how like, to improv. Just stick to the script, man. It doesn't say that to the teleprompter. Sorry, did you watch it last night? No? Yeah, I did. You did? Okay, go. Damn it. He wrote Mirror Mask and Sandman. Neil Gaiman. And Neil, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. Thank you. On uh, the episode that he wrote The Doctor's, Doctor's Wife, Wife. Um, he was going to have them do a TARDIS graveyard. They didn't have enough money to make it, but it was going to be different parts of different cloaking device TARDISes, and it would show a little bit of what the TARDIS really looks like. Um, but they weren't able to make it. Yeah. But that would have been really cool. So they've never done that, though. That's That would be no, something No, they've never the showed what the yeah, TARDIS never really, showed looks, really like. looks like. That'd be cool. That Maybe is... for the 50th anniversary. Well, that's yeah. the thing. When is the 50th anniversary? Is it this, this year. year. 2013. Yeah. Um, so soon should be... Uh, so the first episode would because the Christmas episode was last year. Yeah. yeah. So the first episode would be the fiftieth. They should do something. Well, like I don't know if they're going to go by yeah, dates. I don't yeah. know. Um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to skip a lot of this stuff. I mean, do you guys know about this missing episodes thing? Yep. Yeah. I've had a lot of the tapes were destroyed mm-hmm. or wiped. Yeah. Um, su- or suffered from poor storage back in uh sixty four yeah. to nineteen seventy three. Yep. Um, they found some that are audio. And they've made cartoons to them because yeah. there were people that were such big fans yeah. that, you know, they didn't really have VCRs back then. 
Uh, so they would just record it onto tape and listen back to the episodes. They've also recovered a few of those lost episodes um, from people who were big fans and had mm -hmm. purchased them on film from before the disaster amongst the archiving happened. And so they were actually able to retrieve several episodes yeah. that were missing. And it says here, actually, one of the most sought after lost episodes is part four of the last William Hartnell serial, The Tenth Planet which ends with the first Doctor transforming into the second. The only portion of this in existence, barring a few poor quality silent 8mm clips, is a few seconds of the regeneration scene as, as it was shown on the children's magazine show Blue Peter. Mm -hmm. With the approval of BBC, efforts are now underway to restore as many of the episodes as possible from the extant material. So that's interesting that even yeah. that episode... Yeah. Uh, is, well, they never thought that gone. they'd be re-aired, so they just got rid of them. Yeah, it didn't really matter. Uh, and there's actually episodes of some mm. of the serials where there'll be 10 minutes of audio, and it'll just be a still of William yeah. Hartnell. Yeah, I've, I've watched some of the William Hartnell serials in that manner that, like, they just, there's, like, a bunch of stills, and the audio is okay, and then, yeah, and then you, like, watch a scene, and then it goes back to just being audio with stills. <laughs> uh, I saw a few clips of all the animated shows. Oh yeah, uh, I me wasn't. Too. I didn't wasn't aware that it was just it, some of it was audio from old episodes. Mm -hmm. But uh, every animated series, even the ones with David Tennant, that I kind of look, they look like so horrible. Yeah, the yeah. one with David Tennant are horribly done. Yeah, I can't even. I mean, watch even them. if animation is horrible, as long as it's the story is good and fun. I mean, you can kind of get away with the animation. They but just the whole thing feels really stilted to me. Like the acting feels stilted. The animation's bad. I'm not interested in the story. Like, ugh. well, it's like the show itself is almost just a, a, a live cartoon in a way, yeah. like yeah. animated with the, with all the costumes and characters. So to actually animate that seems yeah. like just a little, yeah, you know. And, eh. and for all we know, they could be just the like. These are the episodes we didn't think were good enough to make a show of. And then they put it there uh, as the cartoons, and they're just not that good. I'm skipping a lot of this, but mm -hmm. let's see what they say about the Doctor a little bit. Okay, let's. The character of the Doctor was initially shrouded in mystery. All that was known about him in the program's early days was that he was an eccentric alien traveler of great intelligence who battled injustice while exploring time and space in an unreliable time machine, the TARDIS, an acronym for... Time and relative dimension in space. That Emma wins. Uh, which notably appears much larger on the inside than on the outside. Uh, the, initially, the initially irascible and slightly sinister doctor quickly mellowed into a more compassionate figure. It was eventually revealed that he had been on the run from his own people, the Time Lords of the planet Gallifrey. Back in the day. Back in the day, Gallifrey is gone. Well, no, because then there was that whole episode with Timothy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Which was Timothy they Dalton. They came back and I then mean, they're they gone were again. Time Lords. So Well, okay. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, he's always had a rocky relationship with the other Time Lords. Like, at various times, like, I think that when he regenerates as John Pertwee, like, there's this whole thing about like you have to turn into somebody else and go live in exile. Like, I don't he always has had a rocky relationship with the other Time Lords. And then by the time he becomes Tom Baker. The Time Lords come after him for a while and the White Guardian summons him to find all the components of the key to time. And so, yeah, he, he's always had a rough relationship with the other Time Lords is what I'm saying. And one thing that's that's debated amongst people is how many times he can regenerate. Because it's yeah. like supposedly he can regenerate 12 times, which means uh, the current uh, Matt Smith is, is 11. Number? 11, which means he can only regenerate two more times. Two more times. But... but but, oh, go on. Let's well, see I'm sure you're about to I'm get about into to it. It was explained in, I think, the Sarah Jane Chronicles 
that he yes. that that's not true anymore and that he can regenerate as many times as he wants. He was flippantly saying something in that, but here, I'll read what this says. The serials The Deadly Assassin and Modern Undead and the 96 TV film suggest that a timer can regenerate 12 times for a total of 13 incarnations. Death of a Doctor, a 2010 episode of the spinoff series of Sarah Jane Adventures. Mm. Uh, you're thinking of uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> That's Whatever. Not even Chronicles, is it? In the Sarah Jane Adventures, the Doctor claims that he can regenerate 507 times. Oh. But episode writer Russell T. Davies later indicated that this was intended as a joke not to be taken seriously. Mm. Um, so, you know, That's it doesn't curious. even matter what they say. There's always a way around it. Because there's two things. One... It'll only last for two more doctors anyway, because it's yeah. going to end probably, yeah. maybe, maybe, and then come back. And yeah. then if it does come back again, or if they have to go past it, they'll explain it. It's yeah. not really, it's not yeah. really anything. It's like, oh no, I'm not going to watch it. If there's more than thirteen, because then they're full of shit. <laughs> uh, no, you're going to fucking watch it, and you know you're going to watch yeah. it, yeah. even if there's sixteen. And then at the very, or if, if it's the 13th Doctor regenerating, he's like, oh, I guess there was one more yeah. in me or something. Then, then Or, like, you know, oh. he'll die and then it'll come back in some sort of different way and be like, oh, well, now it's the cycle of 13 more generate, 12 more regenerations. regenerations. Yeah. They'll figure, there's um, always a way out. Yeah. You, I know you wanted to get into a David Tennant story, which we can now, but uh, let's see if you guys can uh, back and forth name the Doctors. Okay. William, William Hartnell. Number two. Uh, was it... And you already fail. No. no. I forget the order. No, Patrick... it was a... M- oh, now I know. Patrick Troughton. Okay. John Pertwee. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Baker. Correct. Peter number, Davison. Number five. Peter Davison. Number six. Um, was that Sylvester McCoy? Nope. No, Colin I, Baker. Colin Baker. She, she won't even give you a chance. <laughs> no. She won't even give you a I don't, chance. I don't... I remember the names. I don't remember the <laughs> okay, order. It's okay. Okay. Number seven. Daniel. Uh, can I go to eight? You just said, <laughs> you just said the Sylvester name. McCoy? Thank you. Paul McGann. Paul McGann, number eight. Uh, and we, it should be mentioned that Paul McGann was only in the film. Yeah. But he is the eighth. Doctor. Yes. Number uh, eight. Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston. David Tennant. David Tennant. Kurt, Matt Smith. Oh, uh, no, I was going to say, uh. You were going to say Tom Baker. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, Timothy Chris Dalton. Hardwick. Chris, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> number 13. Number 13. Uh. <laughs> And there's a, I'm sure many people know this, but there's a running joke. And I don't know where it started, if it was earlier on or if it was this, but the doctor always wanted to be a ginger, and he never has. And every time he regenerates, he asks if he's oh, a ginger. Oh, yes. Yes. I am making a Doctor Who shirt for my Etsy site, SlothArt, mm. slothart.com. Currently selling my new Battlestar Galactica shirt. It's Save the plugs nice. for the end. For anybody who wants one. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Keep fighting or freck off. Uh, but... And in in my shirt, there's incarnations of the Doctor, and one of them's a ginger, oh yeah, or a redhead for people who don't want to be racist. <laughs> Ginger's not racist, right? No, I don't think so. But he <laughs> always says ginger. Yeah, I know it's not racist, but it sounds it almost sounds like you're calling someone a derogative. Well, it's uh, any any yeah, term that's said. It sounds derogatory. Yeah, a little bit. That, yeah, anything that's said derogatorily. That's true. Derogative. Uh, become like derogatory, like you know, midget was the term that was used for uh, little people, right? Uh, but now it's dwarf. You know, nope. they're saying I, okay, midget I, is no bad. idea what you guys are talking about. Well, that's because you're dumb. Let's get into. Just kidding. 
I gave him a mean look and he backed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of spinoffs. Podcast. Before we get into David Hennig, I want to get into this spin-offs. a little bit because here's a little fun fact that you guys may or may not know. But when I read it, I'm like, that's kind of cool. We, as we know, there's lots of spinoffs. Uh, Sarah Jane Adventures, which I think was more towards kids. Yeah, it was a kid series. Um, Torchwood, which is Doctor Who. For grown up. Late after night. Dark. After dark. It's Doctor Who after dark. Even though it's I, it, Torchwood to me is the cheesiest freaking thing. I could. It I, is. I think I could only get to season three before like I don't think I can keep watch going because it gets better. I sort of love how it. How was the show? To, was it Showtime or Stars? Stars. Stars. Uh, how was that one? Did I haven't gotten it? there yet, but okay. I hear it's really good. I mean, uh, my uh, mom said it was really what's good. His I also haven't it? watched it uh, yet. Bill Pullman. Yeah. Right. President I think Pullman, of the United also States. Also, Mackay yeah. Was he president in Torchwood? In Torch- no, in uh, in, in Independence Day. I just watched him in sixteen hundred pen. Mm-hmm. The new show, which I watched one episode and is horrible. Oh That's yeah. Um, I'll give it another chance though, because I like Bill Pullman. But Torchwood. Yes. Anybody know how that name came? Where, where the name's from? Yeah, it's an anagram for Doctor Who. It is. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I didn't. Know I that. did because I just said it. <laughs> did you know that? No, I didn't. Uh, and, and I read that. I'm like, what? And then I looked yeah. at Torchwood. I'm like, oh, yeah, Doctor Who. Well, that's the code name they used to use without giving away secrets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they were filming uh, Eccleston's uh, season, uh, producers didn't want to any of the tapes to be stolen by like pirates. Mm. By pirates. pirates? Arr, uh, give me pirating. them Doctor yeah. Who tapes. So they labeled them all Torchwood, which is an anagram for Doctor Who. And then when Russell T. Davies needed a new name for the alien fighting organization in the series, he went with the Torchwood in- Institute. That is very clever. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, before we get into uh, the companions and some revelations about the Doctor, because obviously the companions is a huge part of the show. Yes. Uh, I wanted to. I, I was looking through these fun facts, and I wanted to mention some of these. Do we know who one of the more famous writers of Doctor Who was? Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams. Who? As opposed to the married couple that almost destroyed Doctor Who. <laughs> yes, as opposed to them. But a uh, little story here: Douglas Adams was doing a episode, writing an episode called "City of Death." which is widely regarded as the greatest Doctor Who story of all. It's a good one. Um, featuring Tom Baker. Uh, it says here, at his most Tom Baker-ish. <laughs> uh, the story, it, it's supposed to be really, you've seen it? I've seen it. So City it's supposed death. to be really funny. And good. Yeah, it's it is. One it's one of really the best. I haven't seen it. I should, I should have uh, found it, but I didn't. Um, so apparently, Douglas Adams was famously prone to writer's block, and they had to lock him into his flat by script editor Graham Williams, locked him into his uh, apartment uh, and plied Adams with black coffee until the script was done in, uh, in one week. But just coffee. Yeah. No but food. He had to finish it in a, week, <laughs> in a weekend. That's why. So that's, a, that's an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, as well as there's some, there's some fun facts here about a couple of the doctors that I'll actually rattle off now. Okay. Uh, just because Please we'll probably do. get more into the new series. Tom Baker apparently had a pretty rough time during his tenure. Uh, because just before shooting one of the seasons, he was mauled by a dog, and his lip was disfigured. Oh no! And so uh, they, in an episode, they had him hit his face on the TARDIS console to explain why he had that, <laughs> why Smart. he had the wound. Nice. Yeah, and then apparently Tom also suffered a mystery illness that left him skinny and lethargic, and also uh, made his curly hair go straight. That's oh, weird. No. Yeah. And it says here he had to have his hair permed. Uh, wow. Every time it went straight, oh my so god, so keep his curly locks. Well, I'm really curious as to what that is. Yeah, it says no. mystery illness, so I'm assuming they never really found out. And Jeez. Colin Baker, who was the Six. sixth Six. Doctor, uh, actually made his first appearance of the show as a villain in mm-hmm. the Fifth Doctor's era. That's ah. happened a lot. Yeah, in the story Arc of Infinity, where Colin Baker played Commander Maxwell, a trigger happy security chief on Gallifrey. If I 
He even got to shoot the doctor. Can I go off on that for a second? Yeah. I know you're running them off, but uh, Karen Gillan, who played Amy Pond in the more recent series, was in the episode that took place in Pompeii years before she was on. Oh. What was With, she in? Um, uh, that was Tenant. That was Tenant. And, yeah, she played... And uh, Martha, uh, I think. She just played like a... Like a handmaid or something. Oh, really? Oh, so just um, like a, a minor role. Yeah, yeah. She, she had a few lines, like, oh, okay. and she was nervous uh, that she will. wouldn't get the role of Amy Pond because she was already on it. Gotcha. Uh, so also uh, there was a dispute between Colin Baker and the BBC, uh, which meant that the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, mm-hmm. actually had to pretend to be Colin for the sixth Doctor's final scene. Uh, and Colin Baker's tenure... Right. Yeah. Hence the wig thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I guess Colin Baker's tenure had come to a sticky end, it says here, when the show's collapsing ratings led to be, it being put on hold. Believing that he'd been badly treated by the BBC, uh, Colin refused to film his regeneration scene. Yeah. Uh, so that's what he did. And then the solution was uh, they put Sylvester in his clothes, a wig, <laughs> uh, and used some special effects yeah. uh, no to No one his noticed. Face. Yeah. Yeah, everyone noticed. <laughs> uh, which makes Sylvester McCoy the only actor to play two different doctors on screen. Oh. Yeah. Well, does that count? Oh. What about David Tennant, who played two David Tennants? Two different doctors. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, true. Yeah, he was yeah. still the David Tennant doctor. Fun fact, uh, Peter Davidson's daughter played David Tennant's doctor, daughter. Yep. And, and then they now got they're married. married. Yep. Yay, she's cute. <laughs> she's a cutie patootie. Yeah. She is really cute. I was waiting for her to come back and she hasn't yet. Yeah. That's true. What happened to her? She died, but not, not really. 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 So kind of like the new companion. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she dies. Oh, so it's her. Really. So, oh, by the way, spoilers, spoiler. as I mentioned earlier. She dies several yes times. And no. Yeah, she's couple. already died twice. Well, we yes, already know. Yes and yeah. no. Yes and no. Some revelations about the doctor. Okay. Throughout the program's long history, there have been revelations about the Doctor that have raised additional questions. In the brain of Morbius, in 1976, it was hinted that the first Doctor may not have been the first incarnation, although the other faces depicted may have been incarnations of the Time Lord Morbius. In 1983, the fifth Doctor explicitly confirmed that he was currently in his fifth incarnation. Later that same year, during 1983's 20th anniversary special, The Five Doctors, the first Doctor inquires as to the fifth Doctor's regeneration. When the fifth Doctor confirms fourth, the first Doctor excitedly replies, goodness me, so there are five of me now. Is that the only episode where several Doctors are in the same episode? Other no, than there the, was three also the three Doctors. Other than the three Doctors. I'm going to go home and watch the three Doctors. Yeah, I want to watch the five Doctors when I get home. If I'm not at the hospital with a baby. I'm going to watch <laughs> The Nine Doctors, which I'm going to create in my head. Fan <laughs> fiction. <Nice. laughs> uh, during the Seventh Doctor's era, it was hinted that the Doctor was more than just an ordinary Time Lord. In the 96 television film, The Eighth Doctor describes himself as being half-human. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Which, Don't you, worry about which it. you talked Shh. about. Yeah. The BBC's FAQ for the program notes that purists tend to disregard this. Hey. Instead, Shh. focusing on his Gallifreyan heritage. Well, I mean, if they're going to try and bring it back and change shit up, they're probably like, let's change it all. Yeah. But not at all. But, you know. Yeah. Let's make them human. Have well, what can we do that hasn't been done before that would really shock people and be different? Yeah. The program's first serial, An Unearthly Child, shows that the Doctor has a granddaughter, Susan yep. Foreman. In the 67 serial Tomb of the Cybermen, when Victoria Waterfield doubts the Doctor can remember his family because of being so ancient, the Doctor says that he can when he really wants to. The rest of the time, they sleep in my mind. The 2005 series reveals that the Ninth Doctor thought he was the last surviving Time Lord and that his home planet had been destroyed in The Empty Child. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Constantine makes a statement that before this war began, I was a father and a grandfather. Now I am neither. The doctor remarks in response, yeah, I know the feeling. Mm -hmm. In both Fear Her and The Doctor's Daughter, he states that he had, in the past, been a father. In The Wedding of River Song, it is implied that the doctor's true name is a secret that must never be revealed. Mm -hmm. So not a lot of revelations there. Yeah. But uh also in the silence in the library, right? The first episode that River Song appears in, doesn't she like tell the doctor's name and that's how she gains his trust? We don't know what she says. Oh, okay. She whispers in his ear. No, but I I I thought that too though, that yeah. it was his name. Why we- I think that we think that because we think that in the wedding of River Song, he tells her his name in the end when but they he get doesn't. married. I don't know. I cuz yeah. I think there was something else that led me to believe that yeah. she, that he she told him his name. Yeah. Aside from that. That's what I thought as well. I thought it was in the episode where it's like, what did you say? It's like my name or something like right. that. You should have a, a company blog to this podcast that people can write in and tell you everything that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I have a blog <laughs> called badsloth.com. It's a Tumblr. People can message me there. Speaking of which, this was not a setup segue. But, uh, cool. You can message me at badsloth.com or badslothlove at AOL.com. That's badslothlove at AOL.com. Because here's the thing. I actually would love people to correct me because I'll make the corrections. You know what? If you correct something we say that's wrong, I'll look it up. If you're right, I will you should have a correction give episode. you credit and correct you in the next episode. Yeah. Or correct us yeah. in the next episode. Or so, just go through... Put what uh, there's going to be a minute and just put no. <laughs> <laughs> if people actually corrected anything in any of these podcasts, I would have a million emails. Yeah, because we just talk emails. Yes, I still have AOL. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's free. What of it? I've had it for years. Uh, okay, companions. Yay! The Doctor almost always shares adventures with up to three companions. And since 63, 1963, more than 35 actors have been featured in these roles. And as you said before, the first companions were his granddaughter, Susan Foreman, and her teacher, Barbara Wright, and Ian Chesterton. The only story from the original series in which, in which the Doctor travels alone is The Deadly Assassin. I did not know that. From the original. Yeah, from the original series with William Hartnell. Oh, yes. no. oh, no, or from the original serials at all. Exactly. Yeah, no, the, the original, newer the original ones, series at all. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. I won't get into all of this because there's been so many companions. Uh, who are your favorite companions? Jamie. He was one of Patrick Trotton's companions. Before um, my time. Uh, yep. I love me some Jamie McCrimmon. Uh, he's Scottish. He's from the uh, 18th century. And I assume he's good looking. He's good looking. That's why you like him. He's good looking. Girls, he's am out- I right, guys? <laughs> Girls. HBO. He's outspoken. He's Girls. Scottish. He wears a kilt. He's pretty perfect. Um, no, I love Jamie. I love um, Romana. Rose. She's the only other Time Lord he's ever traveled with who, regularly. Who, what was the doctor, though? Um, Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Yep. Okay. Um, love Romana. I like both incarnations of Romana. I don't necessarily prefer one over the other because she regenerated. Okay. Here's a fun fact. A couple of years ago, I was Tom Baker for Halloween. Emma dressed up as Romana. Oh, yeah. Making yeah. everyone uncomfortable because Emma's not my girlfriend. <laughs> 
Oh, you were you were with your girlfriend at the time. He was. Yes. She was at the party. Yeah, it was her party. Yeah. And yeah. the only reason that people were uncomfortable is because Lala Ward, who played the second incarnation of Romana, and Tom Baker actually dated and were married for like a hot second. So people were uncomfortable that you were Doctor Who costumes. <laughs> that I was a couple costumes. Who cares? Someone that wasn't. Nobody was uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. You just, just wanted people. Was... You just wanted to think people are uncomfortable. That's true. That's very um, true. No, no I, I love Romana. Um, who else do I really like? That, who do you like from the current series? Rose. Who's your favorite? My favorite Who's is your favorite Donna. Amy and Rory. Okay, pick one. Rory. <laughs> okay, Rory. Okay, so Emma likes the good-looking guys. Yeah. I think we've established that. And or the girls who she would have lesbian sex with. Kidding. Wow. Kidding. I like the Scottish ones. <laughs> uh, Daniel? Um, I love Rose. I fell in love with her. But... I think you just like Billy Piper because she was in Secret Diary of a Call Girl and you liked watching her do it. (laughs) No, I love Donna Mm because I thought that she was of the new series, like the most ball buster, even though Amy was. But Donna, not only was Donna a ball buster, there was an episode, I forget which one, but Donna. To her, her only skill was being a secretary, and it actually came in handy when she had to file a bunch of oh, papers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and I just love that. Like, I really like that her menial skill on Earth actually came in handy. Um, and then, but uh, I really loved, I, was it Murray? It was Donna's grandfather when he tagged oh, along on yes. a couple of adventures. I Is he really the one that sits it. in the TARDIS looking down at Earth? No, that's yeah. Rory's dad. Oh, that's Rory's, Rory's dad, dad, Brian. Rory's dad I love great. Brian. I, Brian's wish, great. I love I Brian. I wish that they would have a couple episodes where he went with the Doctor. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we could see back. him again. Yeah, he, yeah. he yeah. could. What was I going to say? Donna now is on the last season of The Office. Well, she was in last season as well. Yes, yeah. she was. Uh, the actress. Uh, what's her face? That's what I call her. Uh, Karen Catherine no, Tate. Catherine, Catherine Tate. Tate thank there you. was a really funny sketch. If anybody hasn't seen it, she did for Red Nose Day in England, mm-hmm. where she plays a schoolgirl with a bunch of other. You know, they had other kids in there, and David. Oh, Tennant, really? In the school, there was more than one. Shut up. <laughs> uh, David Tennant is the substitute teacher, and they, they all, do a lot of stuff together. Uh, yeah, because they, they did, did plays much together. Do too. About yeah, much do about nothing together. together as well. There is an there is an auction uh, at Amoeba Records uh, first Saturday of every month. Plug for them, where they just auction random stuff, uh, and they usually have you know some sort of celebrity uh, doing the auctioneering. Uh, the one I went to was uh, shit. What's his name from Breaking Bad? Uh, the comedian from Bob Mr. Show, Odenkirk. Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk sorry, neighbor? I'm totally brain farting. <laughs> oh yeah, he's your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, Bob Odenkirk. And I purchased uh, a signed Doctor Who little poster signed by Matt Smith and Karen. Gil- I always want to say Jillian. Yeah, it's Gillen. But it's Gillen. Only because when I see the name, I feel like it says Jillian. But Karen Gillen. And then also a Blu-ray DVD signed by them. Nice. Uh, so nice. those are my Doctor Who little fan things. Is that a humble brag or just a brag? A little bit. It's just mm, a no, brag. I think it's a straight up brag. Straight up brag. Well, uh, uh, they weren't very expensive, which is nice. But anyway, if I'm going to go the route of Emma... And picked who I found the most attractive. <laughs> I would say Amy Pond, with a close second yes. to the new girl, uh, Oswin. Clara Oswin Oswald. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man, what's her? I forget her name. Uh, Jenna she... Louise Coleman. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, but wow, Amy, Amy Pond to me is the hottest companion. Okay. But the thing, Donna, I didn't like at first, and it's because 
my guy horrible uh, male mentality right, of her not being of so attractive other con- and just kind yeah, of looking a little other... older and, fr- and weird. Yeah, because the contemporary companions yeah. for the most part have, have been, been young attractive. hot yeah. girls. Even Martha. Yeah, Martha was hot. Martha's Martha. gorgeous. She's my exactly. least favorite well, of that's the... That's the thing. She's my least favorite of the new too. companions, but um, like she is really, really, really good And looking. guys, 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 it's not because she's black. No, It's no. not because she's black. Daniel's it's because girlfriend's she's black. I think she's gorgeous because she's black. <laughs> <laughs> she's gorgeous. And she's just my No, I would yeah. just like to point out that like... She just was I, too puppy doggy following the dog yeah. around. You want to point out? I would like to point out that I am not choosing my companions solely based on their appearance. Well, we pointed out that part you of, are. So. Part of why Rory is so attractive is his personality. Yeah, I'm but sure I would like to say... And he's funny. And yeah. you know, he seems like he'd cook me breakfast. <laughs> and he's a nurse. Anyway, the TARDIS Donna, agrees with me. Donna grew on me because she was just quirky and, yeah, I and, love and Donna. silly and just ridiculous. But one of the, my favorite moments in her uh, series was, uh, was it the first episode? I don't know, where she's in the one they always replay the, runway bride? the clip. I don't know. Oh. It's the one where she uh, is looking at him through the door window, making like gestures. Oh, that's the one. With oh, the, the first adipose. one that she was really in. Yeah. And then they, and then they both really look and they're all, all the villains are just staring at them. Yeah. Like they think they're being all coy. And then her face was just hilarious. It was just yeah, so it was funny. Great. Yeah, it's yeah. like comrades, and it's something that's like two of a you know. Yeah, now it's we're, one of, now it's the we're first one traveling to, together. Uh, it, it was just one of the funniest moments. Yeah, for me. yeah. And I want to say while we're talking about that, I really loved the tease of they had the one episode. Yeah, this Christmas special. Her as the runaway bride. And then you you think oh she's gonna be the new companion mm. and she's not. Yeah, which they've done before. But the well, they did that, that with Kara, uh, with Oswald. Clara, yeah. Yeah, Clara, and they did sorry. that with um, the singer chick in the Titanic 2 episode. Oh, yeah, Kylie Minogue. Yeah, you thought she was going to be the Christmas companion, special, and then she dies. And she and dies. She well, dies. I knew she but, wasn't because she's Kylie Minogue. Yes, but I like the fact <laughs> that they actually came back a season later. <laughs> she survived it. It's all good. This is ruining our podcast. <laughs> sorry. No, but I really love that they came back a season later mm. and then brought Donna yeah. in. Uh, so I, I I might have to say Donna's my favorite. When at first she was my least favorite, yeah. she's probably my favorite. Because the thing about Amy Pond, though she's sexy, 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 <laughs> is that she's too bitchy for me. There's she's just times where she's just too bitchy. It's <laughs> like you know what, Rory's definitely a good guy. I see yeah. why you find him attractive uh, because he's standing by her, especially for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long did he wait for her in that one episode? Oh, when, when he was the centurion. When he was the centurion. Well, he was also, uh, what, what was he, a cyber? 10,000 years, I he was think. A, well, he was a robot. He yeah. wasn't a cyberman. Uh, no. He, he, no. Was, uh, he was a robot. Yeah. yeah. 10,000 years, Well, I guess he still is. No, because he was uh, erased. It's from confusing. E- he was erased from existence and then brought back. Yes. Human yeah. again. Yes, you're right. Uh, with that whole black hole-ish yeah. void yeah. thing. Ugh. You guys just got to watch it. <laughs> you guys just got to yeah, watch it. We that. can't really tell you. Either. You just got to watch it. You wanted to tell David Tennant's story. I did. So why don't you just tell your David Tennant story? Okay. Um, I just thought this was really cool, especially as an actor, but just in general. Um, I heard this story about when they made the first series of The New Incarnation in 2005. David Tennant was working on a miniseries called Casanova with Russell T. Davies. And he was like, when he found out, when David Tennant found out they were resurrecting Doctor Who, he said, I want a part. Give me any small part. You don't even have to give me lines. I just want to be on the set. Aww. I want to be in it. And um, right before they premiered the first episode of that season, he uh, Russell T. Davies said, "Hey, you know, if you want, I'll come over. I have a couple. Epi- I'll show you the first two episodes." And David Tennant was like, "Yeah, please." Brought Aww. them over, showed them the episodes, and 
uh, said, how would you like to be the doctor? And I just uh, think that's so cool. That, I, you know, to, to build off of that, that's something that I've talked about with my dad a lot because my dad is a, is a really big Doctor Who fan and, you know, has... You know he's British and has been watching the series since he was a kid. British. Oh yeah, yeah. He's Scottish. He's from Scotland. Did anybody anybody not history. get from this thing that I'm but Scottish? Your dad, your dad, no, I knew that, but I mean you could be Scottish and your dad. Yeah, no, no, no. My dad's from Scotland. But does he have a, an accent? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and didn't she say he looks like Buzz Lightyear? Emma just became more attractive to me. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> um, no, my dad's from Scotland. The fact that 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 my in-laws might one day have accents, I can enjoy. <laughs> Gross for Emma. <laughs> Um, anyway, he and I talk about Doctor Who a lot, and uh, w- we were saying that while we enjoyed Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor, there was no joy in the role for him. He, you know, for him it was a job. He was just playing the Doctor. That was his job. He was hired to play the Doctor, and he was doing it. Um, whereas David Tennant brought just this absolute joy to the character, and really was just made it his own, and yeah. So that well, that goes along really well with that. The story. Actually, goes uh, with something I read. I, I don't have it here, but uh, the reason why Doctor Who is so much better nowadays is yeah. because in the seventies and the sixties, people were just doing a job. Yeah, that was their they job. They were just writing yeah. for a job. Whereas now, the writers are fans. Yeah. of Doctor Who. Exactly. Um, and it makes it more. You know, it's like, oh crap! What if we? Did? You know, it's it's just it's not a job. It's more of a you know. An adventure. And, and that's yeah. why I think so many uh, really good shows now are written by the stars and the producers. Like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia because it's the joy they get from making it and yeah. something they want to be in and something they really want to do. Exactly. As opposed to being hired, hired to, to do Hired to do it. somebody else's work. So, I don't know if this is going to be controversial. Kids might want to put earmuffs on. Mm. Earmuffs. But, uh... I hate the Daleks. You hate the Daleks. I don't like them. I don't like them. I've never liked them. I don't know why they're they're, they're hunks of metal that are easily defeated. I, Yet they're like cockroaches that they keep coming back. I remember when I re- when I saw the Christopher Eccleston episode where the Daleks came back, mm-hmm. being really really scared of them. And like I was not a kid at this point. Like I was I was an older teenager, almost young adult at this point, and. Um, I don't know if that was just like a, a gut reaction to having first seen them probably in some Tom Baker serials, like on PBS when I was a kid, but like, whew, I'm not, I think the Daleks are terrifying. <laughs> I don't think so. And maybe it's because of their voice, exterminate. It's just so, it's just so cheesy to me. And the fact that they're just these little hunks of metal, you know that, what it is. And it's- then inside, once you see what's inside the Dalek, especially all the incarnations as they evolve, mm-hmm. it's just like the cheesiest. You know to what me. it is to me. I think that's scary about the Daleks. Um, it's it's the same thing that's scary about zombies. Um, and I'm talking about the kind of slow zombies that can't do anything but amble around and bite people. But like, you know what? They are relentless. They have endless uh, endurance and they will just always keep coming. And that's how I feel about the it Daleks. It doesn't seem like they ever really kill that many people anyway. It's like the, the, the doctor They've can easily... Like hundreds and thousands. That we of... haven't seen. But yeah. apparently I thought the Time Lords wiped them out, but apparently they didn't and blah, well, blah, blah. And they just keep relentless. coming back. They just keep coming back. Uh, I mean, I guess that's the scary thing about them. But I guess just them as a character, I just think they're so cheesy. See, I like them. I think they're iconic it's like the well, stormtroopers yes. when you think of 
uh, Star Wars, you think of stormtroopers and all that. And well, there hasn't been a documentary made about any other Doctor Who villain. I don't Correct. think it's Dalek. It was a Dalek mania. Cyberman Netflix. is mm-hmm. the closest, I think, um, yeah. to being as big. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, with Daleks, I feel if they use them just a little bit less, it'd be a lot better because they do come back a lot. And I do want to say, and this might be a big spoiler because this happened. Recently, We've already yeah. warned people. But spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, Everything we've said is a spoiler. The, Do- the Daleks' minds being erased. That they yeah. no longer remember the Doctor. So I'm yeah. really interested because now I did always like that they were very confident until they met the Doctor and then they thought, oh, it's the Doctor. He's yeah. our biggest adversary. But I'm really curious now, the next time we see them, what's going to happen. Yeah, me too. And he's going to have kind of the John McClane effect that I love, which is, this is a guy we all know is the biggest threat to the doc- to the Daleks. Mm-hmm. They don't know it. And so they're going to underestimate him. And I really am curious about that and in, uh, interested. I, I mean... The stories are fine. It's just still, I, I'm, I've, I'm never going to be a fan of the Daleks. I think they're just too cheesy. I think they're a 1960s creation that didn't hold up for me anyway. But hey, you know, I said I was going to be controversial. Yeah. Yo. Hey, and you went there. <laughs> yep. I do want to say, though, if I could talk about, can, you is may. this a good place for my favorite of the villains? Or do you want to get to no, that? No, we, we can talk about favorite of the villains. Um. Uh, actually, wait, let's wait a second because I do want to read this little part of it yeah. where um, Russell T. Davies stated that his intention was to reintroduce the classic villains mm-hmm. throughout the series. So in uh, the first series, it was the Daleks, mm-hmm. Cybermen in series two, series two yeah. the Macra and the Master in series three, mm-hmm. Sonterrans and Davros in series four, Time Lords in 2009-2010 specials. Um, and then Stephen Moffat, his uh, successor, who also does Sherlock, mm-hmm. has continued the trend by reviving the Solarians in Series 5, mm-hmm. Cybermats in Series 6, the Great Intelligence in the 2012 Christmas special, the Slithine, uh, Ood, Junoon, Weeping Angels, and the Silence have been introduced, uh, have been introduced mm-hmm. in the series, which... Uh, uh, we'll get to the angels, weeping angels, in just a second. But uh, Matt Smith actually said in some convention that he'd like to see the Ice Warriors return, as they're the only major villain from the classic series that haven't been revived yet. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who's your favorite uh, villain there, Daniel? Well, I was going to say, and they still are, but they were ruined a little bit, the weeping angels. Were they ruined because of they don't kill people? They just send them back in time? No, it's because of the way they were treated in the Angels Take Manhattan, I think. Yes. Oh, just Uh, as kind of more of a cheesy... It's like, oh, now the Statue of Liberty is... And nobody noticed. Yeah, it's just stuff like that. Also, it's like, there are way too many of them, but especially coming from I love horror movies, and subtlety is always my favorite. Like, one Mm -hmm. of my favorite horror movies are the original Halloween movies because you don't see Michael Myers that much, but when you do, there's nothing you can do and it's the scariest thing. And that's the same thing like in Blink, which was incredible. I love Blink. You, I mean, I'm sure if you go back and... Uh, Blink was the first appearance the of first the Weeping Angels, Angels also Weeping starring... Angels. Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you go back, I'm sure that they were in it maybe 10 yeah, minutes Yeah, they're really total. not in it very like, much. It's yeah, just, they were creepy as fuck in, yeah. in Blink. Yeah. Uh, so and they were creepy one, when but. they came back in that episode with Amy yes. early on in the Matt Smith days. 
That was a really scary yeah, episode. It was, but then when you get, they're everywhere yeah. in the, dollar, the Angels Take Manhattan. I wonder if they were trying to make it, so it's like, okay, they're creepy, but now if we put them everywhere, it'll be scarier. But no, but it, it, it made the opposite effect. And it was I goofy, yeah. and I thought the Statue of Liberty thing is a funny image I want to see that some fan make on the internet, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see it because is there really nobody that notices the Statue of Liberty is gone? Also, was the Statue of Liberty always an angel? We'll it was see. a cheesy episode. I, I honestly hope yeah. that they don't bring them back for two or three more years, and then maybe they can have a good reintroduction of them. Yeah. yeah. And the Master. Uh, also I big love villain. the yeah, Master. That they brought back. And I love what they did, especially... I the Master being the uh, another Time Lord. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing. It's like, oh, the dialects are wiped out. Oh, there's, I'm the last Time Lord. Oh, wait, none of these are true. But that's what's great yeah, about the show. I guess it's, I mean, it's show. a show. And, you know, Nothing is ever that's set true. in stone. There are things that he doesn't know that he yeah. has to find out, too. So it makes sense. Uh, but the master, yeah, the master is great. Uh, what, were you going to say something? Well, I was just saying, in the <laughs> sound of drums, uh, I believe that's what it was called. It was just so, like, he was such a classic villain. And I really love what they did with that. And John Sim is great as the master. Who's your favorite villain, Emma? I mean, the master probably, but um, I I have to say I really um, am terrified of the Cybermen as well um, in the same way that I'm terrified of the Borg because they like assimilate yeah. people. Well, the Cybermen are basically kind mm-hmm. of, I mean, because you, you equated them to the Daleks, but I think zombies are more like Cybermen because they, they get they you. Assimilate yeah. you. They no, I was just uh, saying that next to the Daleks, mm-hmm. they're probably the biggest known Doctor yeah. Who yeah. villain. Have you guys ever seen the um, uh, the feature films? There was two. Oh, the reimaginings Doctor of the Who Dalek the stories. Daleks in '65. I have not. Daleks invasion Earth, twenty-one fifty A.D. in nineteen sixty-six. No, because, they're both retellings. Yeah, they're yeah. retellings of the original serial, the Daleks. Uh, in these films, Peter Cushing plays a human sci- a human scientist named yeah. Doctor Who. So totally different. Sounds totally ridiculous. Different. Who travels with his granddaughter and niece and other companions. That's why I haven't watched. Yeah, them. several films were actually have been proposed, uh, including a sequel called The Chase, but those obviously never happened. Yeah. And no. there was last year they started talking about making a Doctor Who movie that's not going to have anything to do with no, anything in the past, and I really hope they don't do it. I would like to see a it's, like yeah, it'll be a different approach. It says yeah. In terms of like movie stuff, I would the only thing that I would like to say is that I would like to see like a TV special or something that shows what happened in the freaking time war that they talk about all the time. Like, let's get Christopher Eccleston back and yeah. like well, lay that out that for the maybe the fiftieth. That's what happened. That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Well, actually, it says here because because uh, Stephen Moffat's in charge now. Yeah, he says that. Any such film would not be a reboot, and it would be uh, made by the BBC and star whoever the current Doctor is. Nice. That would be cool. I would like that if they that put it in fine. theaters. And <laughs> we approve. Yeah, I would just I would like to see the Time War, mostly because I'd like to see like the Master surviving. I want to see all the other like Time Lords that have been introduced throughout the series come back, like uh, the White Guardian and Romana and the Rani. Um. I would just I would like to see them and know what happened to all of them. I'm not because I was thinking about it earlier. I was like, do I want what I like to see? A, like, where are they now? All of the doctor's companions. And I was like, no, yeah. I don't really care. I just, and then, <laughs> where are they now? And then it's just a graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a graveyard. I just assume they names. all lived happily ever after. Um, but I yeah. Well, except for uh, 
What's his butt? Uh, <laughs> What's his butt? Yeah, you know. You know, butthead. Adric, <laughs> the one that died. Anyway. Yeah, I, uh, I just want them to make a movie so that I can sit in a movie theater somewhere and see a preview of like, one man <laughs> escapes a world. Gone uh, to war. And obviously Doctor Who, I'm looking at these cultural references. Apparently uh, the Doctor in his fourth incarnation, Baker, no, Baker has yeah. been on That's several five. episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, including an episode called Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming. That's interesting um, to me because we did, a, or I did a podcast on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. They also used the opening in an episode of Futurama. Family Guy. One of the Star Wars ones when they go into warp speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. They go through the like time tunnel and they show Tom Baker's mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Futurama has showed it. Has Side showed it note, too. I like that Matt Smith's face is now appearing in the credits. I do. I think it's <laughs> a great callback did they used to do faces uh it, they the always the had ones, the face yeah. back in the day oh really mm-hmm. Another... also I'm pretty sure in sylvester mccoy's opening he winks it's That's like creepy. it shows face and oh, then he really? winks there's 80s a, guys it's really there, 80s there's another uh reference in a uh ice cube song called ghetto vet he says he goes to the icu and meets doctor who oh really yeah, I'm it sure rhymes. it has nothing to do with anything. Wait, where was that? Because I blacked out. It's in an <laughs> Ice Cube song called Ghetto Vet. Oh, does it really? Yeah. An Ice Cube song. There's a few episodes for the Children in Need charity I never saw. I didn't know if those were part of... Um, I've seen like little... They're like standalone that have nothing yeah, to do with... they are. They're standalone things that have nothing to do with anything. Well, except for helping people. Except for helping children Emma, in need. Sorry. children in need. Yes, they are standalone episodes. I watched the promos of Oswin and the Doctor in a cupboard talking about it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so what do you guys think of uh, this new companion? I'm interested. Yeah. I I, I thing, liked her in the first episode she was in. The thing I like about her that I'm hoping, you know, this might just be me reading into it, since 2005 uh, in that series it's mostly been the companion chasing the doctor uh going with him rose and him having their thing martha chasing him mm-hmm. uh but it kind of seems like he's going to be chasing her which is a bit different and yeah. i'm really interested well because this is the first time i think that the companion really has a mystery that the doctor yeah. doesn't know about yeah, he exactly. doesn't understand like, i mean being that she's dead yeah. And he knows she's alive and knows it's the girl that he met. Mm-hmm. We've warned you guys, but I'm going to say it again. This is going to be big spoilers for these last couple of episodes. Uh, she first appears uh, in, in an episode of Asylum of the Dialects. And it turns out that she is not real. She is actually inside a, a the brain or the mind of a Dalek. Yeah. Well, opposite. Her brain is inside, Her brain is inside, inside a Dalek. Is in a Dalek yes. yeah. She thinks she's real. She doesn't realize that she's actually a Dalek. Yes. And then what happens at the end of that? I, I'm trying to remember. She finds out that she's a Dalek. Yeah, she finds out. And because she's like networked to all the Daleks. She helps him escape. She, yeah, and erases yeah. the Dalek's memory. So in turn, we maybe assume she's been erased? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. But we don't really. But my thought is that that's the end. Yeah. But she, she as a human being has died. Mm-hmm. And somehow put in this Dalek. Yes. But the same thing with the 2012 Christmas episode. The snowman. She dies. Yeah, she dies. Yeah, the snowman. The snow. Yeah. At the end of it, she falls a long way, and they try to save her. And she comes back up for a few minutes, and then she dies. And they even they bury her because she has a tombstone. Yeah. But then you find out later that she's alive again somehow. Where do we find that out? Because he's looking at her tombstone. He's looking at her tombstone and reads her name. 
Clara Oswin Oswald and, and then he's like that, that she's the and one the girl in the yes the souffle girl was Oswin Oswald because that was some so I yeah I'm I'm interested in her as a character I like her sort of plucky mm. British girl disposition um and she, no she seems like she's gonna be a lot of fun yeah she's yeah. Gonna be and really now fun there's companion. a mystery because now I'm what it's like shit then what is she if she can keep dying yeah um, is she going to keep dying? I don't. I, I, someone mentioned I might have been Daniel yeah. once. Uh, does she die every episode? I don't think it's going to be Kenny in South Park. Uh, yeah, I don't no, think so. I don't but think it's she's going to die every episode. If she can die, like if, is she like J- Captain Jack somehow? Or yeah, Captain Jack? I don't think it is. I think it's probably something because I don't think they would do that again. Because well, no. if people probably. don't know, Captain Jack Harkness is uh, the lead in Torchwood, but basically he uh, he's immortal for, yeah. all, for all uh, intents and purposes. purposes. Uh, because he has a little bit of the TARDIS energy or the Doctor's energy in him. Yes. yes. Was that was that it? So basically, he's been killed many times, but he just comes he back. He just comes back. Back to life. Yep. So yeah, obviously Oswin isn't like that, but there's something going on. No, where... but I, I'm curious if like her fate is like inextricably linked to the Doctor, and like he's going to have to keep finding her until he can save her. Like I wonder if well, she's going to die a couple more times. You know yet. what? We don't know yet. Because the first episode that she appeared in was the future. Yes. And now we're in the past. Yep. Does she remember? Right. right. Does she know right. who she Does is? Does she know who she is? Because as the Dalek, she didn't even know she was human. So we can't really take that into consideration as to whether she knew then. Because we don't know. Her and brain she, was all well, fucked up anyway. Know. Yeah, exactly. Also, she didn't recognize him. Yeah. So, so we don't know uh, right. what would have happened there. But in the past, we don't know. Yeah. So now we're going to see her in what looks like modern day. We'll find out, I guess. But I think Does she remember really her fun, in the past? I think it'll be a really fun journey getting there, figuring out. Because my happen. guess is she's not going to know, and eventually something's going to happen where she realizes, right? Where like maybe, all yeah. of her consciousness exactly. come together. Is she? Uh, is she a time lord? Maybe. You know, I don't know. And that doesn't regenerate in that way. Where she regenerates, she might regenerate as herself somehow. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. You know, we'll see. Yeah, we shall. So, <laughs> do you guys have favorite episodes? Um, yes. Uh, from the there's this one where they were all on the beach. <laughs> they were really all hot wearing bathing suits. They were so A hot. Bunch of really hot guys in Scotland. <laughs> in Scotland. No, I don't. Going to the beach in Scotland, you would not be in a bathing suit. You would be there was in an a jumper. Filmed at Universal Studios. There where is the no episode filmed at Universal were Studios. All in bikinis. Emma, what's your favorite episode? Um, of the contemporary series, um, I think it's a tie between probably the Doctor's wife. Mm. Which one? Which what the one where that? the TARDIS is in the body Horrible of the girl? Titles. It's the That's one Neil Gaiman wrote. Neil Gaiman oh, okay, okay. Where the TARDIS is consciousness is in the body of the girl and yeah who plays the girl oh i don't remember i watch so much tv that i'll I'll remember broad strokes of every show but when it comes to like the little minuscule like titles and then like who played what and yeah i don't know Um, my head's a jumble she was great though uh but yeah it's just uh, such a beautiful episode it's the doctor's wife and i also love the girl who waited um which is where they go to apalapachia and Mm -hmm. amy gets stuck there in like and there's like and then we see old Amy, Amy. and yeah. old Amy has to decide whether she wants to yeah. live or help out young Amy. Yeah, um, that was a really good. That's a one. really that's good. That's a really episode. good episode. Um, but of the old ones, I just I looked it up to make sure I was thinking of the right episode. Yep. You must watch the City of Death. It's on Netflix. 
it's is hol- that the Doug Adams one we were talking about earlier? Yeah, it's hilarious okay. and amazing. Um, it's Tom Baker. Well, and that's the one that's said to be widely regarded as the best episode. It's of um, I mean, it's hilarious. City of Death. City of Death. Written yeah. by Douglas Adams, who also wrote The Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the, the Galaxy. Galaxy. Oh, you know what? There was an episode called Forty Two. That wasn't that. Isn't that the answer to all things? Yes. When yeah. Also, the Jackie Robinson movie is about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, definitely, up. definitely. If you've not watched The City of Death, it's about an alien trying to steal a Mona Lisa. Daniel, <laughs> I do love the Doctor's wife. Oh, real quick, who's the Doctor in The City of Death? Tom Baker. Thank you. Uh, I do love the Doctor's wife, uh-huh. and uh, Blink is still probably one of my oh, favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, I, Blink is just, I think, generally also yeah. regarded as one of the best con- yes. current season, not season shit. What am I talking? Incarnation. Yes, episodes. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I do love, and I'm blanking on a lot of the details. Are you blanking, or are you blinking? Both. Uh, I'm blanking on See some of the details and the name. But it was the one with Stormageddon, the baby. Uh, it was with Matt Smith, and it was, I think it was a Christmas episode. It was when he helped the guy out that he lived with for an episode. Oh, The Lodger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Where there was an upstairs apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone was, and there was a, it ends up being a spaceship. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't that episode. It was the guy that he There's lived with. There's a couple with. parts, yeah. Later, this was a couple oh, yeah, seasons okay. later, he finds out that him and his girlfriend got married and had a baby, but the baby was really an alien. Okay. But uh, named Stormageddon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they end up loving him anyway and like helping them out. Oh, that's cool. It was really yeah. good. Uh, so one of the big spoilers uh, is Spoiler. is one of my favorite episodes. The episode is Last of the Time Lords. Oh, yeah. And it's such a throwaway little line that I love involving mm. Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. So basically, there is a... Uh, was it the very first episode with Christopher Eccleston, like Last of the Humans or... or it was... It Rose. Was, it was one, with Rose. One of the... Yeah. Oh, Rose. Sorry. It, was <laughs> it the first episode where... Uh, first or second? Uh, the, with the stretchy face, last human. Cassandra. Uh, Cassandra. Oh, yeah. The face of Bo. And then face of Bo, yeah. who is this big, huge head in a tank. Yep. But a huge head. Yeah. And they call him the face of Bo. It's, he's, he's good. Yeah. He's, he's one of yeah, the good, good ones. Um, very, you know, obviously, uh, I think he, he only converses telepathically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It? That is, that is the second episode of Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. yeah. The end of time. And, uh, it's just a fun, uh, you know, big head in a jar mm-hmm. and you don't really think much of it, but he keeps appearing in several yeah, episodes, helping the doctor out. I think I know where you're going. Um, this. no one knows how old he is. <laughs> yep. And then the last of the Time Lords. Captain Jack, who is immortal, yeah. has a throwaway line. Uh, shit, who's the doctor? Is it Tenet? It's David Tenet, D- yeah. During that one? Yep. Throwaway line where uh, they used to call me the face of Bo. Yep. As a kid. As a kid. They, that I was, was so his handsome. Nickname. They used to... Yeah. Such a... And it, it's such a little thing that's not really a huge thing in the world of Doctor Who, really, except for the face of Bo was kind of big, because we do see the face of Bo die. Yeah. Uh, eventually. So these are these are big spoilers, but we warn you. And and, and even though he, you know, we thought the face of Boy, Bo to be immortal, he does die. Uh, who knows what happens to yeah. his to his uh, essence, whatever. But the fact that we now know what happens to Captain Jack's immortality, mm-hmm. or you assume. I mean, is it a hundred percent? No. No. But every but it's yeah. widely fact, theorized yeah, that but Captain why Jack is the face give of Bo? him that line where you know yeah. you specifically state that he is the face of Bo. But right. Also, he hasn't if been on the since then. So that might well, just have been his. Yeah. But but I'm saying he hasn't been on Doctor Who since that. Episode. Was that the last episode that he was in? I believe so. Yeah. Was it? 
I thought he was in something real quick. He hasn't Maybe I'm been wrong. with okay. Matt Smith. I, it was at all. probably the Torchwood uh, episodes I'm watching, but still, he's in Torchwood. He's still in the Doctor Who but world. What I'm saying, but yeah, he hasn't appeared back in Doctor. He's got to though. I'm sure he will, yeah. but that's what I'm saying is I feel like the face of Bo won't because we yeah. see him kind of pass away. Yeah. I, I don't know. There was something about that where I'm like, we finally get a, a huge answer to something that I wondered about because yeah. what the yeah. hell is the face of Bo? Yeah. He's not a huge character, but he is to me a little yes. bit. Yeah. And I just appreciated that. I appreciated giving giving us something where even though this character of Captain Jack is going to continue in the series, we now know what he'll end up or what will end up having to his immortality. We know he's not going to die anytime soon. Right. So we know that, he, you know, Captain Jack's going to be fine. Right, right, right. Yeah, this is true. How does he become now the question is, how does he become a huge freaking head in a jar? Which yeah. I hope one day something will happen because I figured it's, it's going to take thousands yeah. of years for someone. I would well, like to know how that happens. There is, again, Maybe he gets his head cut off. That's well, the thing. There's a again a funny story that I heard John Berryman. It better be funny. Say that he's joked about. I think I don't know if he made a joke about this or if he said it in an episode. Mm-hmm. But where he's died so many times, but the one he was curious about is if he put his head on a railroad track and a train cut it off, would he die? Uh, and I, he said that he jokes that that's what's going to happen. Right. It might be. Yeah, now. could be. But yeah. that's the thing. I mean, the only way to get your head in a jar is for it to be cut off. Right. Because yeah. how, uh, I mean, it's not like your body is going to shrink. Right. But and with then all... also when, when it's, you know, just in general science, when you're, when a, something's submerged, when your body's submerged in water for a long period of time, yeah, it, it expands. expands. Yeah. That's not to say it's going to happen. Thousands of years. Especially if you're in a jar for yeah. thousands of years. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be awesome. I don't think they've done this. But if uh, it ends up, uh, we see Captain or like a head in a jar in a Futurama episode, and it says Captain Jack, face Bell. They should definitely do that. Uh, yeah. Were you gonna say? So no. if you write for Futurama. Yeah, I there's wrote, a suggestion for you. I wrote a Futurama script once. No one cares. It's a spec script. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're gonna wrap this episode of Bad Sloth. I don't think I ever introduced the show as Bad Sloth, but I guess if you subscribe or you download it, you probably know what show you're listening to. You probably to. see the we'll title. Probably, do. probably see the title. I hope this is Bad Sloth. Once upon a time, called Wikipedia Brown, but uh, we are now Bad Sloth. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much, guys. Emma. Yes. Emma Fife. You can see her at Universal Studios. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to mention? Because I know you do like five-minute Shakespeare or something. Yeah, um, I just started working on a project with some of the other tour guides. It's mm-hmm. called Take Five Shakespeare. Oh, okay. That's um, I was about. first AD for that project. Aww. I am a Jack Lynn of all trades. I do it all. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that we're in the process of editing the first episode of that. It's Romeo and Juliet. So oh, that'll be... Cute. Out I, soon. What's the plan for that? Is that like uh, um, well, we're YouTube we're or? contracted with SAG to do uh, I believe eight episodes. So, but for what format? Um, it's a it's webs. It's, it's a, web a web series. series. Yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely. Gotcha. It's I'm hoping to be on it. So now that I put it on a podcast, it has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm working on that, and then uh, for the next couple days, I'm going to be filming a film version of an old Quick and Funny musical that uh, was originally part of the live show Quick and Funny musicals at the Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, it's called Bulimia the musical oh that's adorable yeah it's gonna be really cute that sounds, that sounds funny i'm playing actually. a like high school musical. camper so waiting for my call sheet for that that'll be lovely and also on the internet <sighs> part of you need therapy tv Yay. i believe and uh you and twitter you're at emma at fife. emma fife that's e-m-m-a-f-y-f-f-e that's all f's as in frank in case anybody's confused because f and s fife. how very scottish f and s sometimes sound the same so that, that's true it does and uh daniel Hi. Is going to be actually speaking of Doctor Who, uh, Gallifrey One 
a convention uh, is going to be here in Los Angeles in February. Do you remember the day? February. It starts fifteenth, and it which is a Friday and goes oh, through Valentine's the weekend, sixteenth and seventeenth. Uh, and obviously, if you listen to this before February fifteenth. You will know about it if you listen to this after February fifteenth. It'll probably be a yearly yes. thing. Yeah, it is. It's been yeah. happening yeah. for years. So just wait till the next February. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Doctor Who Live, I think, is performing there. Correct. Yes. So it's uh, Gallifrey One is the biggest Doctor Who convention in America, and <laughs> but the thing that's great is, is the first year in advance that it's sold out. Oh, yep. it's sold uh, out already. It's completely sold yeah, it's out. Sold oh well, because yeah, that, it, it's it's over a month away. <laughs> yeah, or it was over a it, month away before yeah, it got sold it's, out. It's been it, sold out. For it's a been months. sold out for a couple of months. Yeah. Gallifrey, by the way, because we never really mentioned it, is the planet. Yes, the of Doctor the time Who. Yes, yeah, Time Lord's yes. planet that is supposedly destroyed, right? But yeah. then yep. we see it over and over again. Anyway, yeah, we don't know. We don't see it over but, and over again, but yeah. we've seen it. Before. Uh, but yeah, so my improv group, Doctor Who Live, is going to be performing there. So if you are listening to this and you happen to be going to Gallifrey One Friday night, uh, the 15th, uh, we will be performing. Uh, I guess check the schedule. I think it's like 8 or 9 at night. But it's going to be a an- really big yeah. show. We're putting a lot of production into it. Guys, uh, what an amazing Valentine's Day present to bring yeah. your girlfriend. Yeah, to, the to Gallifrey Who. One. Gallifrey One. Let's face it, if you go to Gallifrey One, you're probably you don't single. I don't have a girlfriend. You know, I could go to Gallifrey One and be normal. Get a girlfriend yeah. at Gallifrey One. <laughs> uh, but if you are coming, if you are in Los Angeles or coming to Los Angeles or Los Angeles adjacent and you're not going to Gallifrey One, we have two shows a month at the Improv Olympic in Hollywood. And it's late night, too. So It's, late. Mm-hmm. it's 1030 on Saturday nights. Didn't it used to be it's midnight? a lot of fun. It was you 1130. Oh, someone's got uh, a better time slot. Well, yeah, we started to get a lot more audience members, and it's getting bigger and more well-known. So check that out. Uh, check right. out either IO West. Uh, I think it's ioimprov.com slash west or, or just, just google iOS, iOS. google it google yeah. or, iOS. ios google it or please check us out on facebook under dr who live D- uh daniel will be the one with william hartnett hair yeah hartnell hartnell sorry who's hartnett <laughs> josh hartnett, josh josh hartnett. hartnett. Uh, daniel does not do social media <laughs> like i don't uh, I have a Twitter that I've never used, and I don't even remember what my Twitter handle. I is. remember your Twitter. You you did it for like a day because Daniel used to be my roommate, uh, and it was uh, the dude from that cut his arm off. Yeah, uh, that was what's my his fake. Name? It was uh, um, what's it to get the guy cut his arm off because he was Ralston. Uh, Aaron Ralston. Aaron Ralston. Arm. I, yeah, so I still yeah. have it, but I don't post anything anymore. But it's uh, <laughs> fake Twitter for Aaron Ralston's arm. <laughs> I had Abe Vigoda's right. ghost. Yeah. I still have, I'm still Abe Vigoda's ghost, but I just I haven't tweeted on it for a while because my regular Twitter is bad underscore sloth. So follow us on Twitter. We'll follow you back. Well, I will. I'm a doesn't follow people back. I people, follow people back. Whatever. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us for Doctor Who. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you. Thank this you. was really fun. And uh, I think my next episode is going to be all about dinosaurs, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. Dinosaurs. That's Jurassic plan. Park 4 just got a release date. Oh, hey uh, Jurassic Park might be a part of that, but probably very little. But I, right now the plan is for dinosaurs to be in the next episode. So let's hope that happens. You should, and, uh, you should record it at the La Brea Tar Pits. Oh, I should do that because the sound of traffic would be yeah. lovely. <laughs> Daniel, you're full of great ideas. I know. <laughs> 